because this is a movie. Keep repeating. It's, it's only, only a movie. movie. Only a movie. Only a movie. I love movies. Gosh, I love movies. Listen to the Matt and Mark Movie Show. Marvel Movies. Another Marvel. Martin Scorsese somewhere. Kicking and screaming. And crying into his spaghetti. I'm kidding. The Matt and Mark Movie Show is what you're listening to. You're back. I'm your host, Matt. And in just a few moments, you'll hear a post-movie conversation between me and my movie buddy, longtime friend and co-host, Mark. We're also joined this week... My friend of the show, Mr. Suspicious, a.k.a. Andrew, who's here to help us review Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This is the latest entry in the MCU, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, and starring Simu Liu, Aquafina, Tony Leung, Michelle Yeoh, and Benedict Wong, reprising his role as Wong from the Doctor Strange and Avengers movies. As of this recording, Shang-Chi is available to watch in theaters only, but depending on when you listen to this, it may likely be on one of the streaming services to rent or buy, but who knows, as we live in a constantly changing future of streaming rights. Best to check Just Watch to find out places you can see the movie for yourself. The synopsis for Shang-Chi is, Shang-Chi must confront the past he thought he left behind when he is drawn back into the web of the mysterious Ten Rings organization. You know how we do spoilers abound from this point forward. We take you now to our post-movie discussion of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. right back i would almost say by popular demand uh, almost is definitely. most certainly our most popular guest i don't want to put any other guests on the spot but you have got your fucking work cut out for you if you're gonna follow this fucking guy on our show listeners know him they love him they've demanded him it's mr suspicious aka andrew he's back hello hello thank you for having me back Yet again, you suckers! I can't believe it. Can't Andrew, believe it. what what the what have you been up to since we spoke to you? We we had you on last time for Marvel Black Widow. What have you been do- up to uh, in that time? I mean, not much. As uh, it's it's kind of like the usual COVID world where things are kind of open, things are kind of not open. So I've just been Twitch streaming, doing some editing here and there. And basically keeping to myself, although occasionally catching some, I have a, I have an interesting habit of trying to find 
like those hidden gem movies on streaming services, you know, Hulu or Netflix or anything. And I actually have a couple of them that I thought were pretty interesting recently. So that's uh, that's been my basic hobby is trying to find older movies that are not brand new and I don't have to spend $30 on a streaming service to watch. Uh, and that's that's what I've been doing to keep myself busy. Nice. I've been um I've been dropping in occasionally on Mr. Suspicious's Twitch streams, and they've been they've been really fun lately. Um, I watched a really fun GTA Five one. Um, that was great. I also like um Twitch is like a relatively new. Mark, do you spend a lot of time on Twitch? Do you drop in on Twitch streams? And I basically stuff? just go on to watch Andrew play. Uh. To, to be honest, most of the other people I find, like, Twitch streamers to be extremely annoying. Not you, Andrew. You're fucking but <laughs> No, I agree I, with I, you. I, you just go down that rabbit hole of just people, like, screaming at games, and it's like, oh, shut the fuck up, you know what? You know what's hilarious, though, is that most Twitch streamers, like, when they are playing or they're talking to people interacting with them, it seems... It seems disingenuous. When you go on Andrew's stream and you talk to him and he's talking back to you, by the way, as he's playing a game, as he's doing all this other shit, as he's streaming, which is like too much for me to understand, uh, he's great because he's actually talking to you. Like if you ask him some shit, he will fucking answer you in a real way. And uh, I just want to say that I really appreciate that. Yeah, he'll take um, his time and actually definitely give check you a out his Twitch streams. They're fun. Yeah. He's doing a lot of fun shit over there. And, uh, you know, you can hang out with him, talk some shit, watch him play some... Uh... You've been playing all kinds of shit lately. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing uh, through Red Dead Redemption 2. There's a, uh, I started playing The Witcher 3 recently, which is pretty intensive. Oh, holy crap, it's a huge game, so I don't know what I'm getting myself into. And uh, there's another game that I started called Don't Starve, which is a hilarious 2D sort of survivalist game, and uh, I'm terrible at it. It is hilarious to see me try to actually stay alive because there are so many times where I'll be like I'm going to eat this thing and then I eat the thing and I'm like oh it hurts me I'm dead now great <laughs> thank you for... <laughs> as a side note I do apologize if it sounds like I have souped up lawnmowers driving up and down somewhere nearby because uh, as always I've got lovely people that uh, have nothing better to do with their time than yes we assume that you just live street. in the middle of a drag race that, that's I where swear, you live I, I might people doing actually, like quarter miles <laughs> yeah. house. if there's like a quiet. bmx contest where guys are jumping andrew's bed is right in the middle there. <laughs> that's where he lives <laughs> you know hey what, speaking that... of beds being in inappropriate places uh -oh. let's wake up assbot oh assbot wake your ass up Oh shit, it's that Mark. Oh, we're back. <laughs> hey, actually, uh, Andrew, you're here for something exciting. Uh -oh. Now, I told Mark about this offline briefly, but Asbot has a real stat for us that he says is going to make us very happy. He's, he wants to make an announcement. So we're going to let Asbot make the following announcement. Then we can all react to it. Asbot, what, what do you got to say? You guys aren't going to believe this, but you actually charted in America. Your podcast was number 190 in the film and TV review category. That means people are listening. But nobody wants your fucking pop sockets. <laughs> what the fuck? 
Oh my god, such a loaded, that was so loaded. So yes, that's not a bit. I know we have Asspot and we cart him out here to make, you know, asshole jokes. But uh, we actually, this show charted in America. Now, we haven't talked about this on the show, and if we have, I'm sorry, but I don't think we've talked about it. This show has charted in Singapore before, many times. In Singapore, we are very big. Thanks, Jero. Here in America, no one cared. No one cared until last week when we finally made the charts on Apple Podcasts. We charted in America number 190 film and TV review podcasts. That's pretty fucking good. Pretty fucking amazing. Thank you. That's that's awesome. Can you believe it? People are listening, and Asbot is right. Still, nobody wants the fucking pop sockets. I'm just imagining Asbot sitting somewhere with a bunch of pop sockets like stuck to his body, just <laughs> yeah. jutting out everywhere, and he's just like bored with. Them. He's like Polka Dot Man. He just kind of grows the pop sockets on his face, and he has to vomit them out. So we're just collecting them. We put it in an envelope, and we send it to you. No one cared who I was until I put on the ass. Until I, right. <laughs> until I put on this pop socket. Uh, Andrew, you're someone with a Matt and Mark movie show pop socket. How has yes. your life improved with it? Actually, Maybe if, we, I, if the people hear a, 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 a testimonial, they'll want one. So I will 100% tell you, in general, pop sockets are pretty fantastic. I used to have one a long while back. I actually had to do an extensive review on pop sockets, and they're incredibly handy. It sounds stupid, but it's it's so like don't let the name fool you. It they work <laughs> really really well. They'll also and save your carpal tunnel ridden hands, like me. It's it's they have a cool little thing. They have a thing called the cradle that you can put in your car. You put it on the dashboard, and the pop socket. Once you lay it flat, you just pop it in, and it's just a little like holder. So if Amazing. you have like a GPS or anything like that, you don't have a smart car like a lot of people do, um, then that's a great way to actually keep things in a visual range for you. And but might I say the fashionable green and black Matt and Mark movie show logo on the back just adds a little bit of flair because I have a Thank fantastically you. blue phone and the, the, it's just a nice color compliment. Thank Let me you. Tell you. Thank you. We so like to your... think it gives it gives the kids street cred. You know, it's just hard black, hard green. It's like a black flag album. It looks really confrontational. It gives you some street cred when you wear the Matt and Mark movie show logo. Yeah, right, Mark. Nice what do you think? It looks pretty damn good to me. Matt, there hey, you Andrew, go. You send us a photo with uh, with the uh, pop socket attached. Oh, I, I will have to do so. And I yes, have to please do. I'll have to do it through my computer because I can't take a picture of my phone with my phone. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good call. Uh, well, listen, you at home can be like Andrew. Uh, you can get a pop socket if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you leave us a nice rating and a review, we will send you a Matt and Mark Movie Show pop socket. And for the people who listen to the show and helped us chart, thank you. You guys fucking rule. We really appreciate you. And um, yeah, it's an exciting time. Uh, on a bit of a sour note, though, a downer note. I did want to talk about something. So it's Labor Day today in the States. Uh, this is a day off for people. Um, you know, everybody that, that works – I mean, well, not everybody. You would think everybody should get this day off, Starbucks and McDonald's people. But you still go to those places, and those places are still operational. But for the most part, people are off work, and nothing happens in Hollywood. No news usually happens. But something sad happened today. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen because I did want to talk about this with you guys really quick. 
is uh, Michael K. Williams died today. Um, and if you don't know who that is, uh, I never watched The Wire, but he is most well known for playing Omar in The Wire. I am that nerd that knows him from Community. He's he's the biology professor, Mr. Kane. That's how I know him. Oh, and I know him from Empire. popping up in other things, but um, he died at 54 today. Damn. That's such a shame. It's uh, I remember there's in The Wire, which is, to my knowledge, a great show. A oh, you haven't seen show. it either? I have not seen much of it. I've seen a little bits and pieces, but I haven't had too much experience with Omar himself. You should it, watch it is... just for him. Well, I was going to say, my, my, my dad, who's uh, incredibly big when it comes to what shows he decides to watch, I'm pretty sure that's every every father has a picky side to what, what they're going to invest their time in. But uh, Omar, who is the character that uh, Michael Williams had played, is somebody that my dad talks about frequently and and talks him up and says he is a very bright highlight in a, a pretty fantastic show in the first place. So highly recommended uh, apparently to watch the wire i just haven't had it's one of those things i i have this bad habit of like a television show kind of even like breaking bad which i've not seen don't don't shoot me but i've not seen breaking bad and i keep sitting there thinking to myself i gotta sit down i gotta watch this whole series but it's just daunting <laughs> it feels yeah there are a lot of seasons. episodes <laughs> there's yes, like and... seven seasons of breaking bad and there's a movie yeah. Um, so it's a lot. It, it's a lot. And, and it also feels like the series. boat has kind of sailed a bit on shows like that. that. I think that's also that's my reaction to The Wire. I haven't started The Wire, A, because it feels like this big daunting ask. People treat it like it's literally the best show on television. People will tell that to you with a straight face. And that scares me a little bit. And then also the like, hey, we've got five seasons. And this isn't like short seasons now after we've had Netflix and Hulu for a while and they've shortened seasons to accommodate shortening attention spans. These are like old school HBO seasons like Oz. Fucking Oz had like 30 episodes a season. It was a lot of TV. Yeah. Um, and it's daunting. These are hour long episodes. And, you know. Not to diminish these shows, but like you come home from work or you're fucking tired at the end of the day. And, you know, you, you want to just watch Hell's Kitchen. You don't want to, like, dive in to the wire. It's, it's a yeah, tough you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay too much attention and get invested. Yes. Well, the, the wire is, like, a slow burn and very heavy. But it, it's totally worth it. My brother and I started it pretty late. Like, we were way behind everyone else. And we binged the whole thing, like, all the way through. And actually, Andrew, your dad and I will trade off our favorite Omar scenes because every scene he's in is phenomenal. I've heard. He's definitely like he's the highlight of the show. Um, Mark, were opinion. you a Boardwalk Empire guy at all? Did you watch I Boardwalk tried Empire? Watching it because uh, one of our classmates, his name is Yoon. He did set extension and removals for uh, Boardwalk Empire. That's right. I tried to watch it, and I just could not get into it. Same. Um, I, had I love really old timey gangster it. shit, like old timey gangsters, like Dick Tracy era. And I tried to watch Boardwalk Empire, and I bailed midway through season one just because I thought the show was kind of terrible. It looked beautiful. Yeah, well, the, it if Yoon is listening, it looked fucking great. Yeah, it looks phenomenal. Even. It looks amazing, <laughs> but I thought the writing was piss poor. Uh, and I also just don't like Michael Pitt. Sorry. Um, I, it, when it comes to uh, just to touching base on the the, the wire again. That's Kurt Sutter wrote that, right? No, that's I'm... David Simon. Kurt Sutter did Sons of Anarchy. No, Kurt, Kurt... I think you're thinking of The Shield, Andrew, maybe. No, ah, oh, God, I don't remember. 
I, he did that something. Was that he, other, he did like, a really the well known cop drama. <laughs> uh, no, yes. I, uh, but regardless, I was going to say, like, man, if it was Kurt Sutter, I love his, I actually loved Sons of Anarchy. So I was like, oh, I, I know he wrote another show, but I just never. Oh, um, quick yeah, question, it, Andrew. Did you ever watch The Bastard Executioner, and was it good or not? I did not. No. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> oh. uh, well, in addition, Michael K. Williams has been up to some cool stuff. As of as of recently, he's done like Lovecraft Country, uh, The Night of, um, and some other cool things. He appears in a bunch of movies. Um, so anyway, he died today at age fifty-four. So there doesn't, it is. Doesn't doesn't say sad. in this article two things by the way with this article. It says more recently, is this to say his roles in Lovecraft County? Lovecraft County, it does because there's a typo. It's Vulture. <laughs> it's Vulture. That's what. And then also, nobody if, proofreads anymore. Scroll. Could you scroll up for two seconds, just to the very top of the article? Can we just agree that it is a, that is a handsome man? That's a handsome yes. looking dude. And if he you're a Community a fan, Community is like my favorite TV show of all time. You'll know him. He's Professor Kane from season three. He was the biology professor. Um, he's fucking awesome. And I actually think he gives one of the best. It's a it's a comedic series, and he's not fun. Like the fact that he is so serious and grounded and has gravitas with every line he says is what makes his character funny because he's in a very quirky show. Um, but he gives a speech at the end of Community season three that I think is a direct callback to something he says in The Wire, which is about a man having a code. That was lost on oh, me as yeah. I wasn't a Wire fan, but to the Wire people who also watched Community, you had you ate good that day because um, that, that's like a big moment for both series. Uh, so yeah, we wanted to obviously pay our respects, but I thought this was kind of crazy also because he's so young. Like I'm one of those assholes, yes, I'm going to yeah. say it. He, it's young. He's 54, and I believe the conditions of his death are, or the circumstances of his death, rather, are sad in that it seems like it was due to a drug overdose. Damn. Yeah. Which is always the worst. That's the worst. And, and so there you go. Very unfortunate, but rest in peace. That's I didn't, I didn't mean to bring the whole show down. That's okay. Uh, we've we've got we got ways you're to like, cheer ah, I'm up. used to it, this fucking sad state of affairs. <laughs> well, show. You know, I'm listen, I listen to this podcast every time it comes out, and yeah, there are some moments where I'm like, dude, guys, let's bring up the the light in the room. I'm currently feeling like there's a candlelight keeping hope alive in here right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know what? I actually think he's right. You know what? Let's move on to a nice a candlelit discussion, if you will. Of Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That's the movie we're reviewing this week. Yep. We all saw it, and let's open. With, how about this? How about some fucking good news? Shang Chi, Mark. We thought the highest. We thought the ceiling for movies during the pandemic box office. Remember last week we talked about this. We said your movie can't make more than twenty-five million. If your movie makes twenty-five million in pandemic dollars, that's like a Titanic-sized box office. Mark, we were proven wrong. Shang Chi blew the doors off all the uh, pandemic records and is now the second highest grossing uh, movie opening weekend for the pandemic. Ninety million. It's Holly. It's a. Uh, it's long weekend haul. So that's seventy five domestic, um, and I believe it's global haul brings it to ninety million in its opening weekend. This thing's a fucking mega hit. Gigantic. Yeah, I so, was reading a little bit about that earlier, and I'm thinking, holy crap. Who was shocked that this many people wanted this movie? But I guess a lot of people were craving a perhaps a good Marvel movie after uh, after Black, Black Widow. Widow. Well, that's <laughs> how much did Black Widow make? Black Widow beat it. Funny enough, um, just in box office, just in theatrical alone. Because what's different about this movie, Black Widow? Black Widow, as you recall, was in theaters but was also on Disney Plus 
as an additional purchase. This was not. Um, so it was just in theaters. So when you size the two up together, Black Widow beat it by about $5 million, but then it also had an added $60 million or whatever it was from people buying it at home. So people are, all, are saying Shang-Chi could have made even more. It left all this money on the table because all those people who paid for Black Widow presumably would have also paid to watch Shang-Chi at home. I know, I know for fact, even though I will say, I don't want to tip my card right away, but I'll tell you that I do think this movie deserves to be seen on a big screen. I think um, especially the uh, opening few action sequences like really deserve like a nice large format screen. But I would have been perfectly happy. Like if this had been on Disney Plus, I would have paid the 30 bucks to watch at home. I just would have out of just laziness. So I think they probably left a lot of money on the table. What about you guys? Would you guys have if there was an option to watch at home, would you have watched at home? I think so. Uh, Andrew, by the way, actually a question for both of you. How was your theater size? Like how many people showed up? There, in mine, uh, I, I literally saw this movie today. And there was a pretty decent showing for it. We initially were looking at tickets uh, to, to purchase and there was no seats taken. So we were just like, oh, let's buy the tickets when we get to the theater. And then we show up. And, you know, they show you, like, you can choose whatever seat that you want here, whatever. And then you're looking at it, and I'm thinking, there's actually a lot of seats taken for this. And this is unusual for a lot. You know, it, it it's a rare thing now to have people attend the theaters, I feel. So the fact that so many people turned out for it was pretty surprising. Ours was yeah, th- this was product. definitely my most populated screening. I went on Friday, opening day, and I went at my sweet spot in the middle of the day, and I think I had about 40 people. So that's definitely nice. the most people that I've had thus far at any screening. Free Guy before this was the movie that had the most people, but I had a ton of people. I had a ton of kids and families. Um, and this was the first time, usually when I go, I'm all alone in my row. It's just me. Uh, this was the first time I've shared my row with somebody. So um, I saw a that lot of people. weird now. It does feel like, a little weird. Stay the yeah. fuck away from me. <laughs> and like... they were like three or four seats away from me, but I was like very conscious of them. You know what I mean? Like that person it's was always kind of there in my peripheral. Obstruction on your side. Yeah, There's, a little bit. Yeah. What about I you? Did you say, have a lot of people at your at your screening, Mark? I had about like, basically. Here's the thing: is out here we don't have reserve seating, so unfortunately you have to show up early. But I'm so sick of the pre-show that I show up late. So I I showed up at two o'clock exactly, and it was still had thirty minutes more of crap to go through. Yes, but. What happened was everybody sits in the center row. So if you show up late, every the whole entire center section is gone because everyone kind of spaces out. So every row has at least two people. And so I had to sit relatively close to the movie just to so I could be away from people. Wow. And I, I, by the way, when you sit close to this movie, those visual effects do not look good at all. They oh, wow. Terrible. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny was uh, since I've been going to the movies every week, I've been seeing the same goddamn trailers, you know, week in and week out. (laughs) And this past week was finally I got like there were like trailer refreshes, I think, because a lot of things have had to been moved or been delayed. You know, like Venom 2 has now moved like three different times. It wasn't going to even come out this year. Now it's coming out October 1st. Jackass still says it's coming out in October. It's not even coming out till next year anymore. Basically, every movie you want to see is not coming out anymore. Except for Venom 2. Dude, we had a No Time to Die trailer that still said this year. So I don't know if that's happening or what. Oh, but by I the noticed, way, was it, the, like, was it the one that went back to all the other older films? Right? Yes. Is that the latest trailer? I believe terrible. it is. 
That well, there's that trailer, and there's another brand new one that starts with um. There's like a car coming down a bridge, and he hides behind like the littlest embankment, so that the <laughs> car will go over him. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's like the opening <laughs> shot. Um, yeah. So that was there. By the too. way, did you notice one thing about the Bond? So here's the problem with that Bond trailer, really quick, that I thought was funny and kind of stupid at the same time, because they showed those earlier movies and then they show the new movie the new movie looks like it's recycling so many set pieces from the <laughs> yes. older movies i couldn't tell which one was it it was like is that the same hallway is that the same uh, skyscraper with the big glass windows and the same hallway is like which movie is this it, like, yeah it's <laughs> funny it looks like it's ripping off specter and skyfall like and a little did, bit of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, but like it didn't even have the good sense to go back to like, hey, let's rip off Casino Royale. Let's rip off the earlier stuff, right? No, no, no. They were like, what was the last movie we did? Just, just redo that part. <laughs> just redo that. Just redo that whole part. Um, yeah, I just thought it was funny because it was like, okay, clearly this is a high profile release, so they were like, listen. We got a lot of eyeballs here. We got to jam about 40 Toyota commercials in here and ads for your local theater and brand new James Bond trailer and Jackass trailer that still says it's coming out in two weeks, even though it's not. Because um, when you texted me today and you were like, there's so many goddamn trailers and shit in this pre-show, I thought the same exact thing. I've been dodging the pre-show and showing up 15 minutes like past uh, the time so that I just show up and there's my seat because it's reserved. And then I just watch the movie. I did that, and I still sat through 15 minutes of, yeah, of the, trailers. Well, the, the I was pre, just going to say, show is actually part of the movie now because you show up damn. at two o'clock, and you still have 20, 30 minutes of shit to watch. So it's really hard to schedule stuff nowadays because, like, I don't fucking know when this movie's going to end. Yes. end any time. And I'm also now I'm finding that trailers, trailers have always been bad, especially within the last five years. But now it seems like. When I see trailer updates, like refreshed trailers, they're showing me even more things. And I'm just like, I feel like I've seen Halloween Kills. I feel like I'm sad. And I'm excited for that movie. But I feel like I've seen the whole movie now three different ways. And the same with Eternals, keeping it Marvel. Yes. What did you guys think of that new Eternals trailer? I oh, This God. is the first Eternals tra trailer that I saw. I, I So I have not been... Listen, you guys watch movies every week. I don't. Uh, I, I wish I, I did, but... Unfortunately, I just don't have the time, energy, and resources. <laughs> I don't want to get COVID. <laughs> He's like, um, I have a life and I have things I need to do. I can't sit I, around I'm watching movies. I can't be possibly be, you know, be around the nerdy folks. that waste all their time. Enjoy <laughs> your community episodes and jackass replays. Yes, I've absolutely. got a job to get to you, hippies. Meanwhile, I'm going to meet the queen. So <laughs> right, I hope that you don't right. mind, but no, it's just I. That's actually been a bad habit of mine for a long time. I like movies. I really do enjoy seeing them in theaters and everything, but I just tend to not get to them. I keep I keep backing them off. I don't know if you've ever had that that thing where. You think to yourself, I'd like to see that movie. And then you think, oh, I could wait until next week. And then next week comes and you're like, eh, you know what? It's still going to be there next week. And then by the time you get around to it, there's two show times. One's 12.45 p.m. The other one's 10.10 10 p.m. And it's at the smallest theater in the freaking movie theater. They're like, we are showing this in the corner room of a Radisson by the airport. And that's where you have to be to watch it. it, it in fact, it's just a guy holding up his phone like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. the and the audience consists of like homeless people that just right. wanted to come in for a nap. Maintain six feet social distance, please, yeah. from the phone man. 
yeah, this one, uh, Shang-Chi was packed with fucking ads and trailers and commercials. But now that we've talked about that, maybe we talk about the actual movie. Um, I wanted to open it up with Andrew since he's our guest and uh, he's kind of become uh, our our superhero guy in a way because he is a better verse of the comics than Mark and I are. Um, and it's also fun to just talk superhero shit with him because he is a cosplayer. He's in this scene. Um, so I wanted to ask you, where does Shang-Chi fall for you, Andrew, uh, in your personal ranking of MCU movies? Did this did this hit the mark for you? Is this top tier Marvel or is it or is it at the bottom? To be honest with you, I, it, it's top tier for me. And uh, I have a lot of thoughts on this movie, but overall, this was fun. This was a very fun Marvel movie. It, I don't think it aspired to be any sort of groundbreaking social commentary film of any kind, although it's awesome that they had a lot of representation in it. And, you know, they finally, the, the Asian community has a a lot of representation and their time to shine in a very grand spectacle. It's awesome to hear that they're doing so successfully in theaters. That's great that people are coming out for it. And a lot of the cultural stuff is embedded in this film, but at the same time, it's just this movie that feels good. And I find that that's a harder feeling to encounter in a lot of movies nowadays. In fact, I believe it was in one of your most recent podcast episodes that you guys were saying about how there's a lot of depression porn, essentially, in movies and shows now, where you watch something and it's just, oh, I don't like this. This is boring or this is sad or, but this kind of felt, I don't know, like an old school movie from like the 90s. Yeah, didn't didn't it feel like a bit of an escapist? Uh, like I thought the most escapist movie I'd seen because even like, okay, like a Marvel movie, right? We all know Black Widow is bad, but like even on the surface, right? You're like, cool, I'm going to go see this Marvel movie with lady spies kicking kicking things and blowing things up, right? And then you get there and it's like, it's human trafficking. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or you like turn a corner and you're like, I can't wait to see the Hulk. Is he in this one? And they're like, no, but remember the coronavirus? And you're like, oh, here, this movie <laughs> felt like it was like, we are not going to acknowledge any of that shit. No one's walking around with a mask. No one's scared. No one's sad. To Andrew's point, it feels a bit like it happened 10 years ago. Like, these are the movies of old. People are walking around. Aquafina's walking around town. Like, it's just like, hey, hey what's Although, up? It's a new day. I, like, it I felt will say, happy. I will say that the mother, when you first encounter the, the, the mother, she is wearing a mask. She, she is? is? Wearing, she's wearing, yes, she's wearing a hat and she has a mask on. And she's like, who will not enter the city? And he's like, oh, shit, I'm totally entering the city. And then they fight. And then they fall. Oh, off. Yeah, but, there you, you know, go. <laughs> but she's wearing a mask. And then she was the only safe one. Uh, no, but it, it, I, I totally agree with you. It just definitely feels this, like this kind of feel-good 90s era movie. Totally. That kind of just has this uh, satisfying feel to it. it Mark, that, did, I, you I, get, my did you get that escapist uh, 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 feel from the movie or no? Yeah, I did. It was super fun. I I liked. I enjoyed watching the. Uh, I think it's cool that they had. Um, I liked Aquafina. What did you guys think of her? I never. Ha- like, I have never liked Aquafina. I always movie. find her to be grating and horrible. This was the first movie that I actually enjoyed her. I was like, hey, I see the appeal. She's funny. She's sweet. I like seeing her in scenes. 
I think because maybe her shtick was kind of toned down a bit. Um, I don't know. I, I really liked her a lot. I, th I thought she was good. So I believe that uh, Aquafina did the the voice of the dragon Sisu in the most one of the most recent. Oh, Ryan the Last Dragon. Yes, and did not like that one. I uh, I'm with you on that one. I was going to say that it felt a little odd, and her performance felt very exaggerated. As you said, there was a lot of stick to it. And I will say that in this movie with Aquafina, I did occasionally find her shtick to be a bit grating because sometimes it felt like they were almost shoehorning in a comedy analysis for comedy's sake. Kind of like, I understand that the whole premise of this movie is very lofty, very fantasy realm, we'll say. A lot of weird, mystical, magical things happening. And then she tries to ground it in reality by saying, like, you know, there's a dragon that vomited a water map or whatever. And I'm I'm sort of like, okay, it's a little on the nose, a little goofy for my taste. Some of her moments were great. Some of her her genuine she felt like a very genuine friend. Yes. To, to, and to I like that they didn't force they didn't force her and Shang Chi into a relationship. It was very much about them being friends. Yes. Um, and I liked that. I felt like that was a different kind of unique spin on that on that idea. Uh, I, I'm with you. Uh, I did think like her, you know, water map, all that stuff, right? But I think what I was talking about where I think she shines is when she like joins the army and she's learning yeah. how to use the bow, like that stuff felt really genuine. And, yeah. um, and I, I really liked, I really liked her in that stuff. Uh, I did want to call out quickly that, to me, the strength of this movie is that fucking Bill Pope shot this. And if you don't know Bill Pope's name, I'm pretty sure you do. But if you're listening to the show and you don't know Bill Pope's name, go ahead and look him up on Wikipedia because he's cinema. he has been the cinematographer for every one of your favorite movies. Uh, this guy has shot Matrix, Scott Pilgrim, Dark Man, Army of Darkness. Uh, wait, spite all the Spider-Mans, all the Matrixes. Um, Men in Black, Baby Driver, Mark. He shot your favorite movie, Alita: Battle Angel. It was weird to see his name as William Pope, though. Yes, like, why is he going by song? William now? <laughs> my, my name is William Pope. <laughs> Not William. William. All of a sudden, he's William Pope. I thought at first I was like, oh, is this maybe like Bill Pope's son, and he's trying to trade on the name, but he doesn't. He wants to do his own thing, so he's going to call himself William. He doesn't want to be Bill Pope Jr. or something like that. Uh, no, it's the same guy. <laughs> it's the same goddamn guy. Baby um, driver, I, oh, Mark, yeah, I know yeah. you said you didn't like the effects as much, but what did you think about Bill Pope's uh, cinematography? Well, I mean, these movies just look like they're shot on really bad sound stages. Like that scene where he he first meets their mother, and it's that little pool. It looks like a really bad sound stage. It doesn't look like a real environment. You talking all. about when they're in that Talo magical forest area? Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. You know what? I, I will say like the way that the camera moves and the way that it's edited together. It flo this movie flows really well, but when you look at the actual cinematography, it doesn't feel like Bill Pope. I I can't. I wouldn't be I able to say. I think the fight scenes feel like Bill Pope. Like especially the way those are staged. Especially like when you get to the scaffolding fight, which was. I thought the bus fight was like knockout amazing, like what a fucking sequence to start your movie with. Like that's when I was, cause I'm with you, Mark. Like I think you and I have complained about this in the past that like sometimes the Marvel movies feel a little samey. 
right? It's a lot of like the same flavor and the same shots and the same color palette. And what I liked about this was, yes, it's a little samey, right? But then when you get to super dynamic action that's shot by Bill Pope, like the fucking bus, it doesn't let up. It's not over in a minute or two. This isn't Iron Man 2 where action sequences are over in 30 seconds. Like it goes the whole length of that song, whatever it is, six minutes or whatever. And every bit of it is kinetic because it's shot by Bill Pope. The cut, the the edit, the editing's it feels really, really, really punchy in a great way. Um, Especially, like, once they start upping the Annie and that Razor Fist guy cuts the fucking middle of the accordion on that bus and people are, like, flying around and shit's going all around. Beautifully choreographed, beautifully shot. And then they double down. Like, the whole scaffolding bit, that was fucking amazing, especially on a large format screen. Um, It felt like, um, this was not a good movie, but it felt like when you and I went to go see Skyscraper in Dolby. You could really feel oh, yeah. the height. You could feel the pitch of, of like those drops and those falls and all that stuff, especially in the scaffolding fight, felt like really super like immediate in the moment dangerous. Although uh, I I do love that they had to include in that scaffolding fight at the very tail end, they always have to include when they're in some sort of country that is that is Asian inspired, they always have to have a fight that's in front of some bright neon sign. There's always they they gotta have the giant floor to ceiling windows and then the silhouettes fighting back and forth while some like happy bunny advertisements in the background or something. Bright pink (laughs) that transitions to blue or something. I I just notice it every single time. It's the funniest thing to me because I'm like, oh, we must be in like China somewhere, I guess. Well that that was Macau (laughs) and that was it's actually a really cool city. Oh really? Yeah, there's I've never there's been. two sections of it. There's the modern section and there's like the colonial section. And the funny thing is that I think it was around six o'clock, all the workers leave. So we got trapped in this like massive human crap, like this sea of humans. And oh, it was God. almost like in the, was that Spielberg movie? Um the one with Christian Bale that really early uh Empire, uh, Empire of the Sun. Empire of the Sun. You know those crowd scenes in that movie where yes. there's everyone piled that's what it's like leaving macau oh my god mark yeah. did please it's a tell cool me place, that this though. is this is not the start of yet another kidnapping story no <laughs> okay. we just did get on the we wrong bus giant... because it was so damn crowded we oh, oh no fucking bus and we went like 25 miles out of the way <laughs> we went to this bus that said free candy spray painted on the side but it is it is cool reason. by the way because because they, when you go to Macau or Hong Kong, they do use bamboo scaffolding, and it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, man, that looked great. Wait, yeah, Mark, although our... that that bamboo scaffolding looked extremely dangerous. Like whoever fucking put that up was like, "There's one plank, and then you have to jump the length of three planks to get." It's like, who the fuck did this? Who designed that? <laughs> yeah, I, just I know. It, it looked like a video game level. Everybody's on wire foo to jump. You're turning. Uh, you're turning into. Uh, you gotta. You gotta do the contractor sniff. When you're when you're making OSHA, uh, co- uh, like like <laughs> observations like that, you're gonna be like, looking up at it for a second. Just so you know, that uh, that does not look like it's meeting OSHA requirements. And over here, you'll notice that the scaffolding it doesn't connect properly. Got, that's the contractor sniff. You know, they gotta observe and then, and then before they point something, <laughs> point somewhere and say whatever they're thinking. <laughs> uh, Mark, I wanted to ask you as our resident Asian. Right, you are an Asian Half man. An Asian. Are you proud of this movie? Did the representation feel good to you? Were you excited to have uh, finally an Asian superhero? Yeah, it was kind. Of, it was very cool to see that 
Um, it's weird, though, when you get to the post-production side, or anyone behind the scenes, is not many Asians. <laughs> I noticed that! It's like they're only in the cast, and maybe the director, <laughs> but he's from Hawaii. But uh, it was, yeah, it was cool to see. They they got a couple, like, the little family scenes were really neat, reminded me of it. I missed my seeing my family after seeing a couple of those scenes. Uh, yeah, it's, I think it was like... There were a couple things that I would nit nitpick, but I just can't remember what they are because I had so much fucking fun. Yeah, I would I, say the costume designs were shit. Uh, like, you're talking didn't about feel even, as even they when had, they get like, the dragon uh, yeah, that armor stuff didn't and stuff. Feel like very like they needed to get an. I think they needed to get an Asian costume designer because that shit <laughs> just looked like every other fucking Marvel movie. Pretty um, much, it was it was like it was, you know what this movie reminded me a lot of GI Joe. It kind of like if you played them parallel, I was like, there's a lot of scenes that match this movie. Yeah, this has been a good year for Asian uh, action heroes, right? We had Snake Eyes, now we got Shang Chi. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool. It was funny when he was training when they cut back to Shang Chi, you know, at f- fourteen or whatever, and they're hitting him in the ribs with those sticks. I was like, "That's what that's what Mark's upbringing was like." He went to homeschool, and they're hitting him in the ribs and shit. And then Mark's training. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I went, actually, when I took jujitsu though, they, there's the my sensei told me this one story where there's this guy, and to condition his hands, he punched a tree every day until he killed it. Holy God! It's like <laughs> kickboxer when he kicks. But it's kind of funny. It's like okay, it's like you have like so. I guess that you know how like Asians love for their children to play musical instruments. That yes. kid's fucked his hands up. Yeah, Shang Chi no ain't for him. playing any violin. <laughs> yeah, he'll be an oboe player now. Um, I did. <laughs> uh, I, did your sensei when you took uh, was it jujitsu? You said you took. Yeah. Did your sensei have an appropriately American name? Like I took taekwondo as a kid. Oh. And I had yes. Sensei George. I had Sensei Bill Palmer and his wife yes. Karen. Yes, we had Sensei George. They were totally more into it than any of the Asians I know. Yes. <laughs> they were like totally into jujitsu. I don't know shit. if Sensei George is alive anymore, but shout out to that guy. He was like a uh, balding, uh, brown-haired, kind of fatter Chuck Norris. That guy ruled. Um, <laughs> and his assistant's name was Frank. <laughs> No title. <laughs> By the way, here was the most hilarious part when I was in Taekwondo and I had Sensei George. Was that uh, I had to go? I think it was like to a wedding. So like you're a kid, you don't own a fucking suit. So my you mom took me. <laughs> or yeah, no, 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 no. I had to go to a wedding, so they like took me to like a formal store, right? Where like tuxes and suits were made, and I went in to get a suit, right? And I step in. Who is at the fucking counter? Frank, Sensei George's helper. And I was like, that guy has a real job? And my mom was like, yeah. And I was like, I thought his whole job was to be Sensei George's right-hand man. And she's like, no, dude, he works here at the men's formal warehouse or whatever. He does not live a life of martial arts. (laughs) He's a tailor. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, isn't he punching a wall somewhere? That'd be great, though, if, like, to hem your your sleeves, he, like, karate chopped the the fabric in half. Or, like, like, someone... Someone breaks into the store or something, or like they try to rob the store, and he like rips off his suit. He has like a gi on his gi. Oh, by the way, did you guys like that uh, in the bus scene when they cut to that profile shot? Did you like that double dragon kick he does across? Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. Fucking dope, right? Yes. 
Also, they, I want to talk about that poor girl and her laptop. What the fuck's she gonna tell? Yeah, I know her boss oh, or whoever. She just started. She just started her papers. Oh, Hopefully, the like hard drive is on one of those sentences. halves and not in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that bus scene, man. <laughs> I gotta tell you, like, that bus scene sold me. Like, at first, I was like, eh, I don't know about this. We'll see how this goes. Once that bus scene kicked into gear. I was like, I'm in. I love this movie. I had such a blast. Um, and I'm also just a sucker for like that sort of like pulsing synth music while like fast cuts are happening during a fight scene. Like I know it's modern. I know by now it's like rote and everybody does it, but it felt great. Like it felt great to watch a really well choreographed fight, especially after um, Snake Eyes had. I liked the fight choreography in Snake Eyes, maybe a little more than Mark, but like we were complaining about another bus scene earlier this year, Mark, when we watched Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. And oh, yeah. you were talking about how like they didn't use the space well enough and the fight felt very sloppy to you. And I was like, here we go again. Here's a fight in a bus. But God damn, this felt like so dynamic, right? Well, the good thing about this movie is like the fight scenes. You know how I always complain about you can't really see what's happening because they're cutting around the act- actor's ability or they're trying to make it look real. So they use like these long lenses. This one, you actually could tell what he was doing and where he was navigating. Yes. So I actually, I really appreciated that. I will say though, there are some old school Hong Kong directors that I felt would have done a much better job directing this movie. Like, have you, are you guys familiar with Choi Hark? No. He did this amazing. Okay, so any. Are you talking about Sui Hark? He, yeah, it's Choi. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, Choi. I've been uh... saying Sui Hark. <laughs> he directed so Knockoff and Double Team. He did this and... movie called Time and Tide, and ah. it's there's an amazing action sequence where because uh, this takes place in Hong Kong, but they're jumping. This is like no CG. They're just jumping down these air conditioned units down this massive building. But I th- I would have I mean if I would say I do wish they had used like you know a legit. Hong Kong action director. Although maybe the Chinese government would get upset because they know, might not like that. Like yeah, Cantonese. they might not want to play ball. Yeah, uh, yeah, because like, like, things are already a little weird over there with their movies this yeah. year. But if you look at those old school um, Hong Kong action films, I wish it had more of that feel than this one was more like you know the u- the usual Marvel. Yes. but you know what I like but though? It looks like great nowadays, they would just take that guy's face or, like, deep fake it on, like, the stunt double guy who's doing all the shit. I like that, was his name Simu Lu, the guy who plays Shang-Chi? That fucking guy's really doing it. And they take yeah. advantage of that in scenes. So, like, they can go close. They don't have to cut. They don't have to be afraid of where the camera's placed. Like, that guy's really doing the fighting. Um, I thought that guy, let's just talk about him briefly. I thought that guy did a fantastic fucking job for seemingly coming out of nowhere. Apparently that guy used to be a stock photo actor. Really? Uh, that's not a joke. Yes. He'd <laughs> wow. be in like stock photos, like B-roll, like people using computers. And that's him. There's Shang-Chi right in the middle, like taking a wow. you know, working at a <laughs> fucking call center or whatever. He's on some bank video. <laughs> Dude, that guy rules. I thought he was great. Um, totally so as a hero. Yeah. yeah. And and handled both the fight. That, that's what an action hero's got to do. He's got to handle the fighting and the talking well he can't do one or the other he's got to do both well and Simu Lu did that um I was really uh really impressed by his performance oh yeah, yeah this I... easily could have wound up like Ninja Assassin where you just have a yes. guy that's really good at act at like action <laughs> everything else I was just, just thinking that like... same thing there was some <laughs> there's some really cool like the, a- the overall action sequences in this movie from like start to finish were just 
really entertaining to me. I liked the the fights did feel to me more like those old school Hong Kong films that you had been mentioning than most other hand to hand fight scenes I've seen in other movies, at least recently. They kind of had this cool, the camera followed the flow of the action. They showed different kind of perspectives instead of just, I don't know what it is with most American fights, but what ends up happening is they just have this really up close and like snap zooms and super up close. I'm like, what am I even looking at? I see yeah. body parts and I don't know, are they punching faces or legs? Or <laughs> well, he, and, I guess he worked with Yun Wu Ping uh, on The Matrix, so I'm, he... Bill Pope really knows how to shoot action or has yeah. had a lot of experience with it. It so. was very, it was very engaging and it, it was done so well that there are multiple times where I'd look at something and I'm thinking, did they speed up this footage? But then I would sit there and look and analyze and think, no, this is just, they're just that well choreographed and that well shot that it feels like they they artificially did something to it, but they didn't. This is just how, if you're well trained and you know what you're doing, how a fight can be depicted. Right. And, They're really moving that fast. Yeah. Right? And so I thought that that was super. That was super cool to me. Like all of the fight hand to hand fight scenes, uh, awesome. I thought they were great. They were really engaging. The the bus scene, as you said, was so long. And sometimes, when you have long fight scenes like that. You see it in the movie and you think, man, I wish this would just end. Or I wish this was just, ah, come on already. Yeah. But that, I kind of never felt that way. That I was thinking, holy hell, how are they going to finish this fight off? I kind of feel like. Agreed. Really it, it reminded me of the modern, the modern John Wick style of action, especially in those John Wick movies where you're like, you don't want the fighting to end. You want to see. You want to see them keep doubling down and one-upping each other and surprising you. Like, what are the tricks are we going to put up, pull out? What other crazy shit is Keanu going to do? Uh, that's what it kind of reminded me of, that it was just like, nope, fuck you. This is not over. The fight's still going. Um, so it seems yeah, like hand, we all enjoyed the, the, the hand, combat. Well, here's the thing is the hand-to-hand combat was great, but once they go to Pokemon Land and it's yes. fucking like CG characters battling, they didn't feel as well thought out, and they ended very easily. Like, some of those, like, big moments that you're waiting for, it's like, oh, this fucking thing's gonna come out of the dark asshole cave and kill everything, and it fucking blows up, like, five minutes later. Yeah, it, it, uh, th that battle's won pretty easily. Um, I, I do agree with you. We should talk about some of the weird marvel superhero stuff. Um, like, one thing I wanted to touch on, I agree with you. I think, like, once... This movie has a bit of a third act issue with that battle because it's resolved super easily um i didn't think that the, i i'm kind of sick of giant cg thing fighting other giant cg thing yeah. like i think if it's like the new kaiju movies have done that well like godzilla versus kong i think did it well because the fights were dynamic they were shot like wrestling matches um but when you just have generic flyy thing fighting flyy thing it, it loses me a little bit especially when Everything that's come before it was so exciting and dynamically made. But one thing I wanted to touch on was the coolness, I thought, and the uniqueness of the rings themselves. I love that they were never explained. It was kind of like the lightsaber. It was like, we're not telling you what this is. You're just going to automatically see it. It's cool. The guy uses it, and that's it. Like I loved sort of seeing all of the different um, 
attributes the rings could take on, how they would fly, how he could use them to jump and hit and strike, and how you could stack on one arm if you wanted a really powerful strike. I thought the rings themselves were fucking awesome. What, what did you guys think of the rings? And how you can steal five of them very easily. <laughs> Although, I, well, I... Because you think, say... but actually, if you think about it that way, though, it's like his father's had, like, what, he's been around for a thousand years, and then his son is just like, I'll take those! <laughs> I mean, there's, a, much a... there's a lot of cool stuff, but then a lot of things got, like, fucked up, and mainly toward the end. Uh, I do agree. I, I have a feeling, though, Matt, uh, from that mid credit scene that they're going to probably try to explain the rings, and that's going to take away from them. But they they were very cool, but at the same time, there was a lot of stupid things with them as well. Like, he's like... He had trouble fighting ten people, and he has—I mean, uh, he had trouble fighting, and he had just the ten rings, and and then, but in the scene at the beginning, he's like slaughtering all these people with the rings by himself. So I don't know, there's a lot of inconsistencies with the way they worked well, and how powerful they were. He's over so. a thousand years old now, Mark. You got to <laughs> give thousand-year-old guys. A little bit of a break, I feel. Where it's <laughs> yeah, like, but he never did anything like really new with them. Like... He was just doing the same cheese moves. By the way, when he's riding on the horse and his arms are going like that, I, and he's swinging them around, I like the fact that there's probably a VFX shot of him on a horse just flailing his arms around. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure there's someone just laughing their asses off at that. <laughs> there's, there's two things that I, I want to touch on related to this, one of which is the fact that with the rings, they very easily could have made it seem dumb or feel dumb because it's just it's ten rings on some dude's forearms. But they did it they they depicted it in such a way that it kinda you got the feeling of, of it being threatening and just enough like hints at the power without it getting too campy or too hokey or anything. They just they took something that seemed on, on the paper, like if you think, like, okay, this is about 10 rings, and then is this really about 10 rings? And then you see in the trailers, oh, there, there really is 10 rings involved in some way, but they made it work. They did it not worked. lie about the 10 rings. Yeah, they did not lie about it. <laughs> there are 10 rings. They didn't, well, you know how a lot of people do that sort of thing where they, they kind of allude to what the actual magical thing is or comic book basis is, but they never actually bring it up because they're like, this is such a dumb concept. We can't. Or the rings would appear in like well, the last minute of the film. Yeah, or like <laughs> yeah. They, like somebody like opens up a box, like here's what we're really talking about, and then like and oh, it cuts God, the credits. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm really hoping that that mid. I'm with you, man. That mid credit scene. I, I'm like, don't explain the rings. I think the strength of the rings is the mystique around them that you don't know yeah. what they are. I think. Um, I mean, the fact we spill that everything so on the show. No one knows anything about yeah, them. Yeah, it looks like yeah. there's a beacon inside. I don't know why. Yeah, that think... beacon. Oh, that's what I wrote down in my notes. I, was, I said, of course there has to be a beacon in it. Yes. Like, does everything have to be a fucking beacon and like lead to some massive storyline? Didn't it make you think? I, like, I think it was just because I saw the Eternals trailer right before. I was like, I don't know why if it was the color scheme of the like golden strands or whatever from the beacon inside yeah. the ring. I was like, oh, God, is this going to connect to the Eternals in some kind of way? Probably. Like the ring was a weapon of an Eternal that's been here. and that like, That's see... how the Eternals knew to come back because the ring right. Because the like, ring the called them up. or something. Yeah. I hope it's not that. However, uh, oh, uh, let's, not, let's not get too grumpy. Let's not get too grumpy. Let's reel it in. I do, have, uh, I do actually have one thing, one other thing before I forget it. Because I did say I had two things. So I just wanted to say one other thing. 
related to the rings. And you were saying about the VFX going on there. The thing that entertained me a lot was thinking, so this film 100% felt like a COVID-related film, right? It, there was so much CG and things that were on green screens. There were a lot of scenes where the people felt like they were on a green, like a green screen set, and it just didn't feel like they they cut them out very well. But, yeah, that's what I was saying before because it everything looks very stagey. Yes, you know. But the the funny thing is, if you really want to entertain yourself, just think to yourself all of the weird things that they had to do before the CG was put into place. So they had like lots of hand motions and like punches and stuff like that that had nothing on set to relate them to. It was just all in post-production it's probably some tennis stuff. Ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just like like you know they have a giant dragon, a giant water dragon. And it's like, okay, well, are they riding on a giant dragon set piece, or like, if somebody just are, are they like on a? Green it's like a mechanical bull. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you but, look at the Game of Thrones stuff, that's a lot of it was like, here's like a neck segment, and the, the actors just shaking around in some pneumatic device. In one of the Spider-Man films uh, that with Tobey Maguire, there's actually a scene where. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is holding on to Spider-Man as he's swinging through a city backdrop, and it's actually a mannequin, and you can 100% see it's a mannequin <laughs> if you look at it. Like, it's lucky. just like she's holding on to it like, for dear life. One foot is turned it. out the wrong way. <laughs> Have you guys like, seen that upper... new Spider-Man mannequin at Avengers Campus? And he does that no. really crazy bit where he jumps. He does. It's fucking amazing. No. It's like state-of-the-art robotics. Wait, I'm going to find oh. that shit. You guys have have to see this. It's oh. it's worth it. Wait a minute. Well, while, you're, while you are looking for that, I the one thing I will mention, though, is that despite the fact that the some of the CG does not hold up, and I agree with you on that one, Mark, there are some beautiful things, some beautiful depictions of CG in this movie, and things I would never envy anybody for for doing, like all of the all of the water effects, for example, with the water map stuff and everything, like all the droplets suspended in the air and stuff like that, and reflections and nonsense. Oh, you mean when the never... dragon jizz blew a map on the floor? Yes. <laughs> it looks too. Jizz. It looks too like to me. It looks too viscous. The viscous. The uh, water. It looked more like globular that's why i i call it dragon cum it looks like <laughs> it looked like it sounds gel like, sounds like Wait, you had a lot go. of study over this mark sounds like a lot of study you had i've done extensive research <laughs> so this is the dragon uh, semen <laughs> this is the spider-man stunt show at the new avengers campus in disneyland and they have an actor it's a it's a blend of an actor and a stunt robot so this is the guy. Okay, so he does some cool shit, right? <laughs> then when they gotta do the big honkin' stunt. Wait, where is it? Is it over? Well, shit. Wait, Wait, so where was the robot? <laughs> the robot was not in that clip. Aw. So here you go. Here you go. Here's the Spider-Man. Right, there's the guy. Mm-hmm. There's your robot. Holy shit. What there the you go. That looks real. Yeah, that's yes. nuts. 
Jesus. Like, eat, there's individual fingers and shit. Yes. God damn. Eat your heart out, it's, Boston Dynamics. It's yeah. a flipping stunt robot that it's the way it moves. There's just something about the physics of its joints as it's flying. Yeah. It looks like a real person. It's insane. Holy hell. And the it stunt really man before like, really helps sell it. Like that fusion of like, okay, we'll have the human guy. Then when he goes over the, the, the curb and wow. the stunt tronic takes over. That's pretty Look nuts. at that shit. Yeah. Although the, the, without, the, without the outfit on, it kind of vaguely reminds me of the iRobot robots. Oh, you know, yes. They got that weird. I have feelings. Whatever that yes. is. <laughs> you, you know, you timed that just perfectly while that guy was. Yeah, I have feelings. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> What's your superpower? I have feelings as a robot. Yes. <laughs> uh, so there you go. The Stuntronic Spider-Man at the Avengers Campus. Uh, uh, look it up. It's it's pretty cool. Uh I also wanted to talk about um, some other cool kind of Marvel-y things. What did you guys think about, like, the crossover stuff with, like, Wong from Doctor Strange? Oh, I uh, love the, the abomination in, in the movie. I thought that was Oh, yeah. Great. How great was that And that it Spider- wasn't spoiled in any of the trailers? Can yeah, I ask you guys great. one question? What the fuck happened to the Mandarin at the end? I know he was faking being dead. On the, yes. And then after he that, was there. He was like, um, he was just hanging out, like helping them rebuild and stuff when they left. Oh, okay. Because they kind of, I was hoping, because they had one shot of someone else holding Morris, and I was like, the fucking Mandarin should have been holding that from him in that last yes. shot. No? I, was, uh, I, was I agree. Kinda, he yeah, was there. I, yeah, he was okay, there helping good. them rebuild. Thank I, God. I, I was I really hoping he Morris. would survive too, so good. Yeah, that was great. And I, again, I love that, like, that. Ben Kingsley's involvement was not spoiled at all. Yes. Uh, and I thought that was Thank so God. fucking refreshing that like, when he turned up, like, of course. And then the, the fact that he kept Especially going and, like... Especially since they mentioned his... The father mentions him before he's, like... Yes. Some guy named himself after an orange. And so I thought that was, like, haha, that's funny. And then he popped up in the prison, and I was like, oh, right. fuck, that's And great. not just a pop-up. He's in the fucking yeah, movie. He's, he's in, like, scenes. I Look, did love well, that bit where he's on the battlefield pr- playing dead. Yeah, I thought that was great. I really wanted to see Morris' face, though. God damn it! What did you guys? By the way, what did you guys think of the the creature designs? I'll, Andrew, I'll let you take well, this. Okay, well, uh, with one of the creatures, it is distinctly the Pokemon Nine Tails. Yes. If you look up the Pokemon Nine Tails, it is one hundred percent. That's why Nine I called Tails, it Pokemon so. Land. Yeah, because it, <laughs> I, I was looking at it, I'm like that. I, I actually said it out loud, and I'm like, this, that, that's just Nine Tails. Some of the creature designs were great. Others were kind of uninspired. I did really like the giant lion things that were yes. based off of the statues. That yeah, that, that was like the one that yeah, they were like the uh, they were like this movie's version of like the Black Panther, the rhinos. Like I like that they oh, were yeah. used in battle and they were biting things. That was cool. I, I but you can kept... tell they they ran out of money because they don't they're not really featured in the battles. They're just kind of <laughs> yeah. like sort of background <laughs> things. And it's like I wanted to see them like tearing people apart. I just kind of wanted. I want. I just want yeah. them because <laughs> I just saw it. They, they look so big. It's like a big fluffy dog. Except and there was one, I think it was like an older one, or he was like gray. There was one that was like really pissed off looking yeah. that I loved. Uh, and I, that, I also that loved great. that the, the one person tried to like shock him or something. And it, it, it shocked the one, and he just like, it just like thudded against the side. And then he looked at it, it's like, the fuck? Yeah, I love it. And he just <laughs> yeah. likes him. Uh, also, a weird little thing with the, that, that battle, the, the third act battle. I like the fact that they kind of subverted expectations because usually the good characters always have like blue or like the, the more pure colors. 
and red's always evil and they flipped it in this oh movie. yeah that's a good so the, call so the well good, because the, it's it's chinese so gotta have oh! reds and you gotta have your gold see it's okay if he says it because he's Asian. no that's that's just a cultural thing like um, if you notice like the rings turn from blue to gold like, yes. Gold yes. is a very auspicious color in in asian culture it's a good luck thing. So. Um, I'm with you guys. I I thought as I thought the the creature design was a little uninspired, except for the giant lion things. I like those. Um, I thought like the dragons and the the dweller and the evil. Did you like the uh, the demons. third wave of the Wuhan bats? Yeah, like I thought those things were kind of just I don't know generic. Did, I it kind of felt where... like they put it through a random creature generator. It's like it's got fucking tentacles, but a bat head, and yeah, it's and like, it carries the, the soul inside thing? of its stomach. <laughs> yeah, like I, oh, so I, that's kind of cool that Marvel believes in a soul. So I yeah, there you go. No, no the creationists. Um, <laughs> no, I did want to call out though, as as uneven as the creature design was, the individual character design I liked quite a bit. Like that Fortnite ninja. I don't know what you call that guy. Oh yeah, you mean the, oh, the yeah. guy that gets just he's he they build him up as a talk about dope, an unceremonious. He's like and they Boba fucking Fett stole his show, his yeah. soul, and he just fucking dies. That guy, I, I thought they were building up to a big moment where, like, I okay, was waiting either for a reveal, Shang-Chi yeah. or the sister is going to have to fight that guy. Um, and I thought I, it was going to be, like, a big moment, and he just kind of Boba Fett's and just dies. Yeah, well, that's the, the sad part is it's like they built him up throughout the whole movie. Then you finally get to them. They're about to fight, and then just something lame happens. Yeah, he looks so badass that right before that scaffolding fight when he was fighting him in the building. Yeah. That shit was. I cool. was gonna say the in the building fight was amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't wow, know the character's smashed. name, but he's Holy like Jesus. he's got the fucking Fortnite mask on that all the Fortnite kids wear. Um, I was just calling him the Fortnite ninja. <laughs> the other Fortnite character I thought he was gonna be some reveal to some like you know kind of yes. obscure Marvel character that or like psych you're you thought this you thought this guy was your friend in San Francisco like a fucking DoorDash guy he's been a secret ninja the whole time <laughs> watching your ass it's the other friend that her that they're at dinner with dating yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been a great reveal I also liked Razor Fist I thought that was cool I liked that when he Act got rid of his blade oh. and put the dragon blade on I thought that was awesome what is with Marvel and they always have to have some guy with some sort of mechanical appendage or like missing an arm also with all the technology in the Marvel universe plus that guy's been around for thousands of years and he's generated all this cash he couldn't fucking get this guy like an, a proper arm he just gave him a stump <laughs> with a connector where you can put any handle into it that's fucked up that's his like right hand well I don't know was it his right hand that well, was his right uh, yes yeah, so I think it right is his hand. right hand yeah. Razor, Razor Fist is an actual comic book character by the way although the, co the actual depiction of Razor Fist he has both fists replaced by giant swords. Uh-huh. Yes. Must make bathroom trips super entertaining. So yeah. Ah, oh, man, I circumcised <laughs> myself again. So, I gotta just zip up here. Actually, can you help me out? I got the razor fists going on. By the guys. way, I mean, I <laughs> his car fucking sucked. They're, everyone's like, oh, that's a cool car. It's a fucking BMW with a wrap on it and some shitty teeth. Like, some of those vehicles were like, you could tell. That's when movies get ruined because it's like, ah, oh, great. Now we have to have the BMW advertisement. Right, you're like, BMW like, bought the money. Fucking, that right. shitty BMW, the 850, shows up. And it's an awesome car, by the way. And it sounds great and drives really well. But... I don't think I can't see anyone getting like yeah. super excited like ooh the BMW <laughs> A I can say this here. Look, I don't ooh. mean any offense, but I can say this. I thought, you know, 
movie with Asians, I was like, the cars are going to be awesome. They're going to be like off the hook, awesome. Like the Fast and Furious movies, whenever you see like the Asian gangsters, and yeah, stuff, with the, the cars are cool. Like, where the fuck are right? They? So when they pulled up in that Razor Fist car, I was like, oh no, where's the awesome Asian cars? Yeah, where's like the we, crazy the, looking cars? The audience got Razor Fisted on that one. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they okay. did. But the um, other thing was uh, the other thing too was like. The stereotype of bad Asian drivers. That was so rude. I was very offended. No, but that. Aquafina doesn't she sort of uh doesn't no, she, she fucking of... she crashed into nine cars. <laughs> she did crash. But she saved the people. She's still a good driver. Not only Asian, but lady too, Mark. Good driver. Oh by the way, thinking of uh thinking of our, our lovely uh masked friend. No thank you. <laughs> Cancelled. <laughs> we're not going to think about that person? Okay, no, but the, the lovely masked person that we were just talking about a little while ago, cool character, built up. Yes, really the awesome. Fortnite, the Fortnite ninja. That's actually uh, that's actually a character, I believe, called Death Dealer, oh. I think. Even as um, a cool name. Yeah, and and uh, has been in the comics with Shang-Chi in the past. A, a little bit more dealing with, like, cards, I think. I don't remember the full gimmick. Like Gambit, like can throw the cards. Uh, I don't. I, that's the thing. I don't remember. I just remember Death Dealer. Like I remember there's cards, and it was called Death Dealer, and I think that this was Death Dealer. Um, in, by the, the way, comic. doesn't he seem like a character where everyone would be like, "That's the guy that played Darth Maul. He's that guy." Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no one cares. Nope, it's just like a whatever guy. I will, like, the one thing I was excited about, and and I was a little disappointed. I was excited by it in the trailer, and I was disappointed by it in the movie. Was I expected the Wong abomination fight to be really big and crazy, and it's and I get it. They have other things to do, so it's like, why spend the money? Um, it's over too quick, and I also kind of I wanted to ask you guys about this. It's kind of suggested that Wong and Abomination are friends and working together. It seems like yeah. they're throwing the yeah. fight. Is that right? Yeah, it seems. Yeah, like yeah. certainly. And uh, it, it really. <laughs> It really felt like this was the MCU, at least the modern day MCU version of the the Rhino tease from Spider Man. What was it, Spider Man Two? Amazing, Amazing Spider Man Two. Yeah, yeah. Where where it was just like they built it up in the trailers. It was like, oh yeah, can't we do yes. that? By the way, the funny thing about that new Spider Man trailer that Matt showed me was like they brought back because everyone was excited about that Rhino fight, but then they just brought back like Doc Ock, and it's like, ah oh, fuck, so we're still not gonna see that fight. Scene. <laughs> hey, you, who, who knows though? Maybe maybe they will. I mean, it feels like with the the new. The new Spider-Man movie—they're really gonna aspire, like, aspire to, to do a lot of things hmm. um, with the different characters in it. So I wouldn't be surprised if these characters. I want to see real-world Nicolas Cage come into that movie. That would be fucking dope. Uh, speaking of needless crossovers or crossovers that I didn't think they were gonna be so that that weren't that good. Captain Marvel and Bruce Banner show up in a post-credit scene, and at this point, I'm almost like, why is Captain Marvel even showing up? Every time she's on screen, she's leaving. Do you notice that? I always gotta go. Yeah, I know. I'm getting pulled away. Like, when I'm in Endgame, I can't be in joke. the Endgame because I'm doing some intergalactic shit. It's like that. Um, it's like that Simpsons joke. It's like if Poochie is not on screen characters must be asking where is Poochie <laughs> like it's just like she's always got some business where she's leaving at this point man if you don't want to do it Brie Larson or you don't have something for Captain Marvel to do don't include her put something Wait, else, is that, put someone what is else the in there for that you think by the way what do you what do you, why I do you personally think, think she's What's being phased here? out this is not this is not news this is not based on anything take this with a grain of salt but it this is what I'm going by originally there was to be a Captain Marvel 2 
and there is not a Captain Marvel 2 anymore. They took Captain Marvel 2, and they transformed it, and they changed the movie, and now it's The Marvels. So they took the focus on Captain Marvel, and they're going to put Spectrum and Ms. Marvel, a character they're going to introduce, along with Captain Marvel. And the theory there that I've heard some chatter online, again, unfounded, is that Captain Marvel is either going to die in the movie, or she's going to sort of not be present again. It's going to be like, I got to go save the thing in the other realm. Bye. And is then it it's going to be up she, to like, the others. still under contract and she wants to leave? I think that's like, what it is. Ah, crap. I can't leave. I don't know why. I just feel like Marvel and Kevin Feige are phasing Captain Marvel out. I, uh, you know, I'm wondering if that might be something related to Brie Larson and the backlash that she had faced a lot as the actress for Captain Marvel. and there, she, That's what I was going to ask was, you, Andrew, because didn't she get in trouble at some, it was like at she, a con or something like that? There, Yes, there was, um, uh, I, I can't remember the official specifics, but it was something related to um, her depiction on screen and the backlash she, she had received because in a lot of ways, people were saying that she had a very flat performance and the thing was, she was, I believe, pretty adamant about the fact that she was playing the character as she was told to portray the character. Very stoic, very kind of standoffish, almost otherworldly. And there were people that confronted her in a couple of different locations, specifically cons, that had brought up this thing to her, to her face. I don't know what, what it is with certain people asking questions like about dedicated wham and stuff like that <laughs> oh matt, matt and i have been to some horrific q a's and people ask the stupidest questions oh right. yeah well, like, it's like not, this it's kid not even just like um i was wondering um what's the recommended amount of dedicated wham i should have oh whoa, okay what's that I'm sorry, could you please repeat could you your question? Um, oh, it's not an Andrew episode. <laughs> it's not dedicated an Andrew episode unless wham. we play Dedicated Wham. That should be, we, oh, we should ask uh, What's-His-Name to do a, a song for, for Andrew. It could be his intro theme and with the Dedicated Wham kid. Here's something I found. I'm so grateful to be up here <laughs> to receive this award so I cannot thank my family and my team and instead talk about something that's really important to me. I'd like to bring to light an aspect of our industry that has risen to the surface in the last week. It's an issue that's been bubbling since like really the whole time, but this issue has a solution that each one of us in this room can participate in. So earlier this week, USC Annenberg's inclusive initiative released findings that 67% of the top critics reviewing the 100 highest grossing movies in 2017 were white males. Less than a quarter were white women and less than 10% were unrepresented men. Only 2.5% of those top critics were women of color. So you're probably thinking right now, like, wow, that super doesn't represent the country that I live in. And that's because that's true. This is a huge disconnect from the US population breakdown of 30% white men, 30% white women, 20% men of color, and 20% women of color. So why does that matter? Why am I up here giving you statistics when I could be spending this time talking about my publicist? Um, Lindsay, who I love, and thank you so much. 
for bringing Jesse up here and making me super emotional while I rattle off percentages of people. On top of all of this, am I saying that I hate white dudes? No, I'm not. But what I there you go. That's I was gonna say that's the that was the big controversy because people confronted her about that stuff. A lot of people were criticizing the fact that she had a very uh, arguably stilted and or rigid acting uh, demeanor during the film, and her response to that was this this video essentially saying that it was a very unfair representation of criticisms based on the film we didn't have enough diversity within the critics to actually say how her performance was and some people were saying it doesn't make our opinion on the film or your acting ability any less valid and so there was a big back and forth about that and a cause controversy, and she was, un I, I think, understandably upset about this. this it blew up, you know. It went from she used her platform to say something that she thought presented a a glaring issue to the world, and was hoping to bring more attention to it going forward. But instead, she faced a lot of backlash from it, and I think that as a result of it, probably mentally, she's saying, "I'm I'm not cut out for this." I yeah. don't want to deal with this. I, I also think when like... you have a when you have a four quadrant uh, machine like Marvel, who's like, "Hey, we don't just appeal to fifty percent of the population. Marvel appeals to one hundred percent. We sell pajamas. We sell Marvel checks mix. We sell Marvel things. Right? You can't alienate. Right? I'm not saying she's alienating. I'm just saying. Or or this... Marvel was just like, all you know, most of our customers is these fucking. Nerd honkies. Yes. We need them buying our. Why are you talking books. about the nerd honkies? Yes. Don't trash talk these nerd honkies. God Don't trigger it. them. It's yes. our brand. Um, but I also think uh, to what Andrew was saying, I think that online, it, it when people were rushing to her defense, it was read like people don't want to see a girl kick ass. And that's how they yep. cut down that swath of the conversation, even though Wonder Woman had come out and everybody loved it and was praised unanimously across the board. They were still like, they just don't like when girl does fight. Um, and really what it was, was people were <laughs> we just like, for this <laughs> yeah, they were like, we don't want, I don't like when a woman kicks <laughs> my ass. That'll never happen. I don't me. like God when a woman reads or thinks. She's just supposed to be making me a sandwich while I watch NASCAR car go round circles and shit. Actually, well, well we, we lost access to NASCAR, so I started flushing Hot Wheels down my toilet for the same effect. <laughs> I only like Wonder Woman because her skirt is short. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. It's like, that's the, but that's, okay, but that's, that's what I think it is. It's like, it's one side trying to paint it one way and the other side trying to say, hey, no, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying you seem abrasive for a uh, company figure that needs to be like really friendly, consumer facing person who's like, hey, buy the Marvel checks mix, you white guy with money, uh, because we think you're great and but we think everybody's great. 
at the same time, too, it's like it's such a stupid controversy to talk about acting in a fucking Marvel movie. It's yes, not like, this isn't Shakespeare. Look, it's just a, who gives I think a any shit? time a celebrity gets up on a stage and is like, it's like when Joaquin Phoenix won the Oscar and it, he made it all about like fucking butchers cows. and cows and shit. And I was like, hey, shut the fuck up. No one cares. This is what I was talking Matt about. Was like was eating a hey, steak. Like if you win an award, how about doing the how about doing the noble thing and thanking your fucking crew and thanking your fans and thanking people who helped you instead of making this fucking grandstanding political statement that nobody gives a fuck about yeah thank um, the director for giving you the uh, the terrible direction <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, exactly that made all this awful for you <laughs> instead of you going up there and pretending to be informed about you know Anne Hathaway telling me that Les Mis is a good movie because it's really about all of these sex workers from the 1800s that she's so well versed on uh, it just seems to be a little bit of a farce to me. I went method when I did this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it I was think, terrible. <laughs> I think what the solution here is, is we just shouldn't allow celebrities to speak. We should just be like, listen, you're here acting. There's no interview. There's no speech for you. No, we don't need awards either. There's no fucking TikTok, nothing. You need to hey, go well, back in the cage. <laughs> back in the cage. Back you in your cage. You treat them like pets. Back in your cage. I will come back uh, with your dinner. Hitchcock Think say that actors should be treated like cattle. They should be treated so like cattle. Maybe Hitchcock <laughs> had it right. I mean, think about Ashton Kutcher, though, for example. Ashton Kutcher made a pretty good... He's a, He was a pretty prominent actor, and people still recognize him, and he's done a lot. In he's used his platform to uh, actually influence Congress, interestingly enough. If you've ever seen no, he's done actually a lot for... Was it like... Child trafficking? Yeah, child trafficking. Yeah. And he's, he's even come up lot. with apps. Him and Black he Widow. An, he developed Stopping an app the child to figure out to, to uh, like track where children are. And, and it's just like this insane. This kind of sounds like an app that pedophiles would use. <laughs> is this, a, is this his Lex Luthor-like plan to track where all the children's wear? Check, I, now I know there. where all the children are and I can molest all of them. <laughs> They're at I home mean, maybe. watching their that 70s show reruns and I know exactly where they are. Well, that's how that guy found me. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Jesus. oh my God! Well, it took right. me a minute to realize what you were talking about, and then I felt bad again. That just flumped like a lead balloon out. Just... Okay, let's get back to go. Shang Chi. Um, you know, oh, we I didn't, didn't talk wanna... about. By, by one the way, guy. did you guys? Oh, a quick question: Did you guys kind of feel as though they missed an opera? I know, yeah, they had Michelle Yao, but I really wanted to see like a Jackie Chan or a yes, Jet Li or in a Jet those, Li in some of those like roles that they had. Or how about a Sammo Hung? Somebody yeah, like exactly. fun and different that maybe American audiences aren't as used yeah, to introduce seeing. Introduce these like amazing Asian actors that have been around for. Well, a while. that's why I was kind of psyched to see Tony Leung in this because I know him from I'm, I'm that yeah. nerd who watches Wong Kar Wai movies um, yeah. and I recently saw because I recently watched The Grand Master um, where he plays Ip Man and this is not to be confused with the Donnie Yen Ip Man movies which are awesome uh, if you're this in, is the in very Ip laborious Ip Man. Ip Man. Yeah, this this is uh, this is the Wong Kar Wai version called The Grand Master but Tony Leung uh, is a great actor um and he was i thought he was such a cool villain like i like that it wasn't just cut and dry like he's the bad guy like he truly believed that what he was doing was the right thing he was acting from a place of love i thought that was just an interesting take on this character yeah yes okay and by so the way he's an amazing if you guys haven't seen his movies from like his 90s movies uh 
check out Hard Boiled and Bullet in the Head. Yes. He, he's he's actually he's been around for a long time. Let me So it was point cool. Out. It was actually it was great to see him in there. And also I the one thing I like is going to sound horrible, but my mom says this too. Who's Chinese? Whenever they have like the Chinese actors in an American film, it's all they'll always get like the pop star or some person that like they cannot deliver their lines at all. This was like one of those movies where they got it right. My um my audience had uh, quite a few uh, Asian people in it, and they went nuts for this one line. And I wanted to see if you also went nuts for this, Mark. They went nuts for the part where um they're in the Golden Dagger Fight Club. And the host of that, Jason, John John or Jason Jason, whatever his name is, he has two names. He's like the party boy. He's like, she, she's like, oh, I don't speak Chinese. He's like, no problem. I speak ABC. My audience thought that was hilarious. Um, nobody but then laughed. I found out, I thought it was just a simple rudimentary joke, like, ha, 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 ABC, you know, DEF, right? No, apparently ABC is also short for American-born Chinese, which I did not know. Yeah. Um, no one got my audience got right away i think yeah Yeah. i think anybody got that in mind as well um although mark did that did that joke land for you i liked it yeah that was great yeah i like stuff like i love i love that whole golden daggers uh set i really wish there was more there because it was such a cool you know like this weird sort of like mutant fight club i wanted to see more like weird guys with like robot appendages fighting and lizard men and shit you know (laughs) What did you guys think? I thought that whoever was in charge of programming there did an awful job because it's like, all right, we're going to have the fucking monster fighting <laughs> this fucking, like, this monk. But to close it off, we're just going to have two regular people. Two, yeah. And it's not even a real fight. <laughs> it's have, just, they have, and, one, and one of them is not going to want to fight back. <laughs> yeah. They have no easily depicted superpowers whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would, that's when I would leave the club. Like, yeah. Where's the other? I, it should be two like, monsters fighting yeah. each other now. I thought you guys were going to have like a two-headed dragon fighting like a mystical ninja guy. This is a brother and a sister having a spat. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> at the end of the movie, they should have had like a betting scene between like the, the fucking dragon and that other generic <laughs> <Yeah>. creature. <laughs> well, I thought this could have been an opportunity for Marvel to be like, hey, we haven't gotten to play with X-Men yet. Maybe in one of the fight scenes, you see like an X Man, and we won't call him out, but people online will be like, you know who that fucking was, man? That was Jubilee or somebody. I don't know. I don't know why people would get excited about Jubilee. They make like, you saw Jubilee <laughs> fireworks in that guy's ass. Like, <laughs> like they get excited about this. Some girl in a yellow raincoat's like blasting a guy in the ass, you know? Like, and people <laughs> online put it together, you know? Um, I thought that was kind of a missed opportunity. They could have had some fun little X Men Easter eggs in the in the Golden Dagger Fight Club. I wonder if we I missed any Easter eggs because I'm actually not there as likely well was a lot in the background that, that, that somewhere like big characters in the back. I, I love that big sumo guy that like was slamming somebody around in the background. That was pretty fun. Like I want to know that guy's story. I want to know what's going on. Yes. Yeah, so they. I have an article up. Um, I have an article up that has the Easter eggs, the Easter eggs from Shang Chi. And this, all it brings up about it is Black Widow and Extremist Connections. It says, in the Golden Daggers Club, this is from CBR.com, one cell features an extremist-powered soldier from Iron Man 3 fighting Black Widow Helen, introduced in Black Widow. So a Black Widow soldier was there fighting. It indicates someone is still experimenting with Tony Stark tech that created fire-breathing soldiers. Well, I like so there you missed that I one. Like <laughs> you, I like how you casually mentioned that. 
Yes. Also, let me casually mention while I while, while, while I have my, my thoughts with this. You were mentioning about the father doing his uh, what he thought was correct and what he thought was right in this movie. At what point in the in in the grand scheme of somebody that's doing something that they think is correct, like it's world changing event. This guy's trying to free his wife, right? Thinking, I gotta free my wife. When your wife is saying things to me, set me free. I'll be with you. Set me free. And like when somebody is like saying something in that way, is that not like really? Like, that doesn't that? sound like my wife. Like, like, oh, like, by the way, yeah, that was the, the well. The thing that's like, <laughs> I mean, the, that concept. You're right. Is totally ruined by having that bad dialogue. But the funny thing too, with going back to what we said about like saving the wife. His sons were like his father has explained that he wants to get his wife back, who actually changed the way he behaved as a person and made him better, right? So, and he how and then his son goes, "I have to kill my father." I guess it's like what the reasoning behind a lot of this stuff. Once they get to that, also that village, super easy to get to. It's yes. by a fucking lake. Just take a helicopter over the maze forest and go to the lake. But, but you see That's a good point. The forest can't swallow <laughs> like you if you if you make an airborne yeah. uh, if you make an airborne entrance. That's a Anything good call. Anything with that with that village was crap. I wish they had. Uh, to be honest, my I because I always have to say my what my ideal ending is. My ideal ending for that would have been like he gets to the village, and he reconciles with his father, and his father just gives him the rings. Like I didn't need to see the big CG battle. I would have preferred if they kept it small and like made it a more like give it a good happy ending where he's you know together with his father instead of his I... soul getting sucked out also by the way every time someone got their soul sucked out which was a pretty slow process the main characters just kind of watched and stared as these people got killed like she makes no effort to fire an arrow at that one bat creature that that's stealing yeah. the soul of the old man and even his father he just watches his father get his soul I know I felt bad for that guy Guangbo was that guy that character's name that guy was cool he was like the <laughs> leader of the art the archery unit or whatever a fitting name <laughs> <laughs> Guangbo and Arrow <laughs> Have you met our sword uh, leader Jimmy Sword. <laughs> um, I I like that they had so with the, the the giant CG battle with these these Chinese this Chinese dragon, water dragon, which is very in line with what a lot of uh, Chinese cultures believe with dragons are more like elegant. They're very like, like, yeah. When you go to like the deem sum hall and you see the dragons, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you, Mark is Asian, by the way, we we don't want to get in trouble. Mark is Asian. I know you can't see us on your uh, iPad or whatever. Mark is Asian. I promise you he's Asian. Okay. But they, uh... yeah, I have the scars from my mother to prove it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait, actually, this is a good time to bring something up. Um, I know we do questions at the end of the show, but Mr. Suspicious had a question that was not for Mark. Um, that was <laughs> specifically about this part, so I think it might be a good point to bring it up. Uh, ben H., who is a, uh, a listener who has written in many times before, he said he had a question for Andrew. He said, as a person who is well-versed in the comics, I think, did you think that the dragon that they call the Great Protector was supposed to be Fin Fang Foom? 
Do you know that's that racist? That whoever fucking just said making fun of my family's. Language. No, that's Ben H. He's a good listener. He's a good friend of the show. <laughs> I looked up who Fin Fang Foom is, by the way, and he is a dragon. Funny enough, he's like a sentient talking dragon. And I think what Ben H is saying is, when he he's saw like, the dragon appear, he thought it was this character, Fin Fang Foom. That looks more mm. like a Western dragon. I was just actually that was something I was going to touch on. Interestingly enough, is because they had a very Chinese depiction of this the water dragon, and then the evil demon like creature is a very Western. Yeah, that's because Chinese dragon. hate whiteies. I know because my family hates half of me. Asbot, <laughs> No, thank you. Cancelled. All right. They, uh, to be honest with you, I would... They're either going to really love us again in Singapore or hate us again. It's okay. The uh, only ones listening in Singapore, that's all my family. Oh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) They're like, we do hate. I'm just kidding. They don't listen. (laughs) We charted in Singapore. We had four listeners. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. All Uh, four of you. So just so you're you're listening at home, Fin Fang Foom, according to the Marvel fandom wiki, is... A Makluin, a shape-shifting alien being from the world of Kakaranathara. Um, Damn, he resembles nice job a, on that pronunciation. Thank you. He <laughs> resembles a, an anthropomorphic Chinese dragon. Foom and several other like-minded members of his race departed their peaceful homeworld centuries ago with the intention of conquering other planets. Landing on Earth in ancient China, the crew used their natural shape-shifting powers to mimic human form, intending to enter human society and bide their time before beginning their conquest. So um, I guess when Ben H, thank you for writing in, Ben H, um, and we love you, you're, we don't think you're being racist, is um, he thought the, the Grand Protector... Uh, was this character, and uh, I don't think I, I think to you to you guys' point, I don't think he was right. Seems like he I, was just. A I don't think dragon. so because this was like more of a, a legendary creature from, right? Because that's an alien, right? Yes, and this, this is, is he's more, an alien is posing like, as a dragon, kind of. I think this is more of like the oh the who knows what fucking Marvel's gonna do. I mean, I was gonna say <laughs> look we at that do have weird potentially... lips though. Did Michael Bay draw that? <laughs> oh, we um. We do have a potential second film. I mean, obviously they're saying that the Ten Rings are going to return. So who is to say that they would not, like, retcon that being just a generic Chinese depiction of a dragon and say that it is this character? But I think that when it comes to the, especially the MCU, they're becoming more and more overt with their allusions to characters. You know, they're they're like, this is this character. They yes. are just they're being more like on the nose because they're they have to impress the general audience. You know, they, like like you were saying earlier, it's uh, like we have to appease and a very wide breadth of audience members now. And I think if the, the this dragon was uh, this particular character, they probably would have at least had it written. Say it, Andrew. Say Fin Fang Foom. I dare you. Fin Fang Foom. (laughs) No, it's just like... uh, uh, I'm offended! (laughs) (laughs) The only only reason is I did not say this character's name is because I didn't want to say, like, (laughs) E5. Oh, God! Um, Holy and by shit. the way, you're an alien. You're an alien creature. You gotta blend in. You're like a Chinese dragon, and you're just like, all right. Must have been a white in? alien then. I was just gonna say like what <laughs> name? 
just come, comes to mind immediately. Like, all right, what? Dude, what, that's what like that's like like those white guys that think Ching Chong is a name. <laughs> Dude, you know how many times when I was a kid, like these stupid whiteies would just be yelling at my mom. They'd just be like Ching Chong, Ching Chong, and we're just like, what the fuck? That okay, mean once anything. again, ladies and gentlemen, Mark is Asian. We, we don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Um, we but, but, I just want to make that shit known. So, I so, am a very Asian. I have a small penis. Uh, have you guys, <laughs> oh my god! Have you guys seen this? This is um. Let's take a quick detour. Let's go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, on that on that on that note. Let's take a quick detour, guys. Uh, have you seen this famous video? They wrong for this. Also on the plane crash, KTD has just learned the names of the four <laughs> pilots who were on board the flight. They are Captain Sung-Ting Wong, Lee Tulo, Ho Lee Fook, and Bang Ding Ao. <laughs> Dude, Bang Ding Ao is my favorite. Bang Ding Ao. Listen, um, <laughs> so if you, we just watched. Does no one vet anything? It's a very Jesus. famous viral video. Uh, I'm watching it right now on World Star Hip Hop. But if you go to World Star, you look up. Oh they God. wrong for this. KTVU News Channel reveals names of pilots from a Flight 214 crash. They're all um, made up. Somebody fucking made up a bunch of these survive or crash victims. And uh, I mean, Jesus Christ! You gotta, oh you gotta really wonder about the people who work at this news station. My favorite oh, guy is Bang Ding Al. Wait a minute, one more. Bang, bang Ding Al is the Ow. is the OG. Sum Ting Wong, Lee Tu Lo, Ho Lee Fook, and Bang Ding Al. Bang Ding Al, pour one out for Bang Ding Al, and once again. That's a well-known viral video. We are not oh making fun of Asians. Mark is Asian. You can look yeah. it up. I approve of that video. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so it feels like we're coming to uh, to the end of this, and I want to get uh, final thoughts. Do, we, do you guys have any final thoughts on Shang-Chi, and would you recommend Shang-Chi? Mark, do you want to go first? Do you want me no, to you are the guest, sir. I okay. say you go first. All right. Well, I will say that... Um... Overall, like I said in the very, very beginning of the episode, it definitely has a very 90s feel-good kind of feeling. It didn't feel... If they never made a second, a second movie, if they never made a second Shang-Chi film, I kind of feel like they ended this in such a way that it felt like a good, complete, satisfying movie. At the like, It just everything wrapped up kind of like a nice little bow, but they left it open-ended enough that it can continue. Uh, would I recommend it? Absolutely. I think it's something fun. There's something fun for every single person, every single type of film goer that you you, you know, parents or kids. Unless or... you hate Asians. <laughs> I mean, even. I mean, they if don't you... see this movie because there's a lot of them in here. <laughs> that's probably that's probably the the only drawback. No, <laughs> But I, I, I thought the action was super fun. It, it really reminded me. This is this sounds so goofy, but especially with the scaffolding scene that we had mentioned a couple different times when they had the fight scene on the scaffolding, I 100% was thinking to myself, "Holy hell, this is what I pictured the live-action Ninja Turtle fight scenes were in my head when I was a kid." 
Whoa. Like, you know how cool, like, yes. I love those movies. I freaking oh, love Oh, I'm, I'm right there with you. And the the I, original Jim Henson turtle suits, yes, TMNT and, and TMNT 2 Secret of the Ooze, yep. are two of my favorite movies of all time. They're, what about the third amazing. one, by the way? Turtle uh, in Time? Oh, I don't God, like that one as shit. much. I don't it like was, that one. It, well, they, they changed the costume design. Uh, and lot. there's so no they, like they they did they couldn't even have like little motors in the in the lips to make it move like 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 lip flap so like Mikey's just smiling with like these yeah. teeth through his oh scenes God. and that's, it's really that's uncomfortable. Also, isn't that very isn't that from that, that movie where they had the very famous cowabunga it is meme? Have you seen yes. that? Yes. Yes. Where they have the, the wide eyed like I think it's Michelangelo has wide eyed. <laughs> yeah, he looks really bad. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, By the way, fun fact, uh, Matt Gilbert and I got to watch Vanilla Ice perform Go Ninja live. And yes. then Vanilla Ice... I wanted to see that and shit. No, ah. Vanilla Ice holds the microphone out to the audience so they could sing back the lyrics, and nothing happens. It's just <laughs> dead silence. We... Oh, and then, wait, wait, wait. And, and to add insult to injury... Mark and I, that's a true story. Mark and I were at the premiere of TMNT Out of the Shadows, the last live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that was released. This is back in my studio days, so I could get this. I was like, I invited Mark to come to the premiere with me. Super fun. And, and there's Michael Bay. So you're not talking about regular people and me and Mark in a room. We're also there with Megan Fox and Michael Bay and Will Arnett Vanilla and, like, Ice. important industry people. And here comes Vanilla Ice to perform. And in the beginning when he came out, it was awesome. But when he fucking went to the crowd and nobody said anything, <laughs> it was – not only did we feel bad for him, but it was career suicide. If that was even an option for Vanilla Ice at that point. <laughs> Uh, I felt so bad for him. And, like, they didn't even wait for him to walk off. The lights just dimmed. <laughs> they just dimmed for a movie. Uh, you can, you can oh say that Vanilla, Vanilla Ice's career might have dissolved at that point. Yeah, it did. It uh, did truly <laughs> dissolve. Yeah, he's more like Vanilla uh, Isis now. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. God. <laughs> this might be the, the show with the most... No, thank you. Canceled. Canceled. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure we're at that episode. level. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Mark, Mark, did you – any final thoughts or, or would you recommend Shang-Chi? You know what's funny? As I was watching the movie, I remember being, like, critical about it at times. And then I was – then I just had to think to myself, like, you were complaining about all these movies not being fun and you're finally watching a fun movie. Shut the fuck up and enjoy the movie and cheer along with the audience. I had a great audience. They were clapping and cheering for everything. So, yes. yeah, I had a – I had a fantastic time. There's a couple nitpicks I have story-wise. I think it falls apart at the end. But the characters are good enough, and their chemistry is good enough that it keeps you watching. And I kind of like – like I said, I would have preferred the ending that I wrote in my head because I'm a narcissist. But as a movie, it was super fun. I love the humor in it. I thought it, it did really well. Um, but one thing I didn't like, and I – I'm starting to hate about these movies is the mid credit scene and mm -hmm. the fucking end credits. It's like shit, man. Just put it after like the cast. I don't want to have to sit through all these fucking people in the VFX industry. I don't care. Oh, they always no have offense. like a massive They're very talented people and they deserve yeah. to be like, you know, they their names deserve to be seen, but people are not reading their names. They're just like, when is this fucking shit going to be over so I can and go home? You know already, what sucks I is... Sat through, wait, I sat through 30 minutes of bullshit before the movie even started. Now I got to sit through a seven-minute uh, credit. By it's the also way, just dumb because the big ticket 
scene is always the mid credit scene. The yeah. end post post credit scene is always like oh blah 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 like it leads to nothing. Like here, yeah. it was a tease for the Ten Rings to return mm-hmm. that the sister had taken over the army. Did you get anything out of that? Was it worth waiting through all the VFX names to get to that post credit scene? No, because it's like I didn't care that she took over the base. Yeah, she said exactly. she, she said she was going to do that before the yes. post credit scene. So I don't need to I see agree. that. One fun thing, though, is I found there was a VFX artist named James Dong. And I thought that was, that's a fucking, I hope they make a James Dong movie where it's like, he, it's the Asian James Bond. He's like, the name Bond, the Dong, James Dong. Oh, God. Oh, my. Once again, ladies and gentlemen. No, thank you. Mark is Asian. You can look it up. You can look at this my, up. By the way, my mom, well my mom loves it when I do that shit. Okay. But she go. also There's, likes uh, it when I make fun I, I will say well. that one of my favorite little ha- hobbies I picked up because we've had to sit through so many of these end credits things where you don't know whether or not there's going to be an immediate end credit scene or there's going to be one right in the middle. And there's always definitely going to be one at the very end with the Marvel movie. So I have come up with this habit of just trying to find the funniest names in the credits and just and read them out loud and just have an entertaining time by pointing out like, some people just like somebody decided to name their their child Todd. Who decided to name their kid Todd? Oh, <laughs> like, I thought you were gonna say something like that guy's name is Dick Cocksuck. Yeah, it, it, yeah, like I and if, Dick uh, Cockburn. I never understood. Dick Co- never Cockburn understood is a good name. last name. <laughs> the name Dick anal came bleeding. From the name That's a name. Richard? I don't. That's so strange. Um, this guy's name is anal prolapse. Prolapse. <laughs> Is that Hungarian? <laughs> um, wow. Oh my God. I, I, no, you're canceled. No. I hope you're fucking Hungarian, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I'm not Hungarian. I'm Costa Rican and white. <laughs> <laughs> you can get me on the next Robert Rodriguez episode we do. Though <laughs> um, so I'll say that uh, I also, I'll echo what Mark and, uh, and Andrew said. I highly recommend Shang-Chi. I had a blast with it. I did have some little nitpicks, and like Mark, I agree, the third act sort of falls apart a little bit. But I had such a fucking good time, and the fight sequences were so dynamic, and Simu Liu is so cool. Like, I can't wait to see Shang-Chi in more movies, and um, I'm actually looking forward to watching this movie again. And I would say if you feel comfortable enough to go to a movie theater go this movie's worth seeing large format especially for the scaffolding fight and the bus fight uh you won't be sorry so i'm actually excited to, to revisit this one so sounds like we all recommend shang chi well when on the this second show. one comes out i'll definitely rewatch this one all, that's for sure uh, all the all the people in this movie by the way like the majority of the actors are like wow these people are beautiful like damn they're very pretty people to look at yeah like his <laughs> sister was very beautiful like very striking oh yeah um, what, you guys also, got an Asian fetish? Jesus no. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Christ. <laughs> what a story, Mark. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, so, okay, we're going to like... move out of this minefield uh, before it gets any worse. <laughs> Let's do Get Wrecked. It's time to do Get Wrecked. Here we go. Mark, do you have Get Wrecked for this week? Uh, What did I – you know what's funny? I've been <laughs> – because of oh, I have to. We actually oh. do have something. I'll because I think we could both talk about it. Okay. Uh, wait, one. hang on. So let me uh, let me do this and roll it. I'm gonna wreck it, wreck it, wreck it, wreck it, wreck, wreck, wreck it. I'm gonna wreck it, wreck it, wreck it, wreck it, wreck, 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 w
facts, not recommendations, but thank you. Um, I was wondering, oh! um, oh, no. It is recommended. What's the recommended amount? Get oh, wrecked shit. for the recommended amount of dedicated <laughs> wham. What's the recommended amount? <laughs> Mark, it's get wrecked. Um, and uh, Andrew, you're welcome to throw in some wrecks as well. We won't put you under the spotlight right away just so you have time to kind of gather your thoughts. Mark and I watched something uh, this week that I think we could both touch on quickly. It's a brand new show on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. Yes. What a fucking show. I got to tell you, if you are on the fence about watching the show or you think it looks like an old man show or you're not into Selena Gomez or whatever, you don't know what you're talking about. Give this show a shot. It's a really interesting mishmash of like old New York comedy with like true crime, like gory true crime. Um, it's about Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez living in this really nice apartment building in uh, the Upper West Side in New York. And someone is murdered in their building. They're all connected to the case in various ways, and they're all true crime buffs. So they decided to start a podcast to begin investigating the murder in the building. Um, and if that sounds weird, it is, but it is weird in the best way possible. I, I didn't think these flavors would go together, but they do. Uh, Mark, what did you think? The way that story flows to, like how they, the events at the beginning, how they all meet, how they interact with these characters that, like, the guy in the elevator that gets killed. It's fucking, I'm only on the second episode, but I was, like, in. If I didn't have to wake up early for work, I probably would have watched it the entire, I would have stayed up and just binge watched all the episodes. Yeah, uh, so apparently what they're doing is, they they dropped a batch of three uh, to start off with, and I watched all three. Uh, in one sitting. Um, loved it. And I think it's going to come out every Tuesday. I'm hoping we don't just get one episode each Tuesday. I'm hoping they drop another batch of three. This is a very bingeable show. Um, and I'm not a person like a true crime person that doesn't really do much for me. But I have such a good time watching this cast. It really comes down to the chemistry of the cast and how good they are. And I would not have thought in a million years that Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez would be a great team. But they are. Yeah. Right? How unlikely and weird is that? They have great chemistry together. Yes. And I like how they play off of, of each other in, in terms of age. Yes. It's really cool. And th just just th them navigating through that building and how each of them has, like, a way to get in that the others don't think of. It's, yes. It's a really – it's a, it's kind of – you know what it reminds me of? It's like when you're playing, uh, you're playing a video game or there's a movie where they're, like, assembling a team and each person has their own, like – skill sets that's what's cool about and i love the fact that he's using the skills he learned as when he was an actor on this yes. this cop show he's and like I a love fake that they tv show, detective yeah, yeah and i love that they show but the cool thing about it is like he may be like a fake detective but when he's picking that lock he can do it you know yes i like yes. that about him he's not just like a bumbling idiot. but it's interesting too because they do a bit where he's he gives this real speech to uh, Selena Gomez and she's like wow she really gets to know Steve Martin it's all about his father and how to, he was neglected as a kid and then she's watching his old episodes from his show and she hears his character give the exact same speech in a scene and she's like this motherfucker just took his lines from the show <laughs> and he's playing it off like I thought we were having a real moment like it the show makes interesting choices to do that kind of thing where you like the characters but you're never really quite 
100% trusting of a character. Like, even Martin Short, like, you never are sure if he's just trying to fleece them for money or if he's really involved or cares that much. It's really interesting, and you also get this you great little... you see his little, apartment, um, too, is, like, insanely beautiful. It's like... Yeah, he's, and he's clearly got, like, financial problems. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because the show also gives you these weird little non-sequiturs. Like, there's a great moment where Steve Martin, like, sees a fan on the street, and they are like, Hey, man, I loved your show! Oh, and my God. It's, it's so, so awkward. I won't give away what it is, but it goes so poorly. Um, it's just a great fucking show. I, I can't believe it. The show came out of nowhere. I watched it on a whim just because Hulu has had such a great deep bench of movies lately that I've been going to Hulu. And I saw it pop up, and I was like, eh, let me try it. And it was so worth it, man. Only Murders in the Building. Big fucking really recommendation yeah. from me and Mark this week. Thank you for recommending that. I really enjoyed. And it. I want to kick. By the way, that, oh, that joke you just mentioned, that joke you just mentioned, I believe is an old Louis C.K. bit. <laughs> oh, really? That's pretty funny. Yeah. Do, don't those little non sequiturs on the street kind of remind you of Louis, like his show? Yeah, it does. That's you why watch I Louis to, F- I FX to bring, show. Yeah, it has yeah. that like kind of randomness to it. And I don't know if it's because it's a Louis thing or it's a New York thing that, like, of course, that would fucking happen on the street, you know? It feels very New York because I don't know how many New Yorkers have had, like, situations where they just run into people in the street and have, like, some kind of weird exchange. And then it gets so bad. It's always, like, awkward and weird. And then everyone goes about <laughs> their business. Um, but it, I, it definitely captures the city. And I... Will say that it captured it in such a way that I got a bit homesick watching. Same. It. I, like, oh, I remember. Aww. I remember walking around that area with like or going to lunch or having dinner there with my brother and my mom. It was like it's like they they it's it didn't feel like Toronto as New York. It was like this is like this a is true New York, yeah. New York show, which was nice to see for a change. Yeah, really cool. It's also got some. It's starting to get. I won't give anything away because Mark's only on episode two, but it's starting to get into like really weird meta comedy in the script almost like 30 rock levels of like meta that it's self very self-aware um is it so it's interesting for you do you find there was one bit that was a little you? distracting in the third episode but i don't want to give away what it is because you haven't seen it yet okay oh cool um, we can talk about that but later. i yes we'll talk about it next week but i did want to thank you mark so mark watched border last week because i recommended it and i was like you know oh, yeah. what i want to watch something that mark has recommended mark i finally made good on a recommendation of yours and i wanted to thank you for recommending this to me i finally watched hostiles oh yes God. Thank you. Someone else Damn, what a movie. that fucking movie. Also on By the Hulu. What did you think of that opener? Jesus Christ, so I have to say. It was a great throwback to like those old westerns from like the 40s, 50s. Oh, dude. Holy if you have a problem shit, with violence brutal. or brutality, this movie opens with a woman's baby getting shot. If that doesn't sound like the movie for you, just go on. Because uh, the movie never <laughs> lets up. It is um, – it is truly one of the most unrelentingly brutal movies I've seen, both uh, on a visceral, like, violent level, but also just on, like, a cruelty level, like, how we are to other human beings uh, when that all that stuff is kind of stripped away. It's a Western that deals with um, our, how, sort of our relation to the Apache Indians and um, and sort of the, the, the close of that and ha- us having to make good uh, for, for taking their land. It's... It's a brutal movie, man. And Christian Bale was amazing. It's a, uh, it's Scott Cooper, who we talked about on the show recently. Yeah, we do. We mentioned Funny him enough. a lot because we. I think we both are huge fans of his, right? Yeah, I love Out of he, the Furnace. Yeah, so and far I'm, he hasn't made a bad movie for me. The only movie I didn't like of his was his original, was Crazy Heart. Oh, actually, that's the one I haven't seen. I so did not like Crazy know? Heart. Okay. 
I, 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 I read the synopsis good. for it, and I was like, I don't really give a fuck about like a country singer. Yeah, and it's I'm also city, um, it. it's a movie that I feel like, whereas Hostels, it is lingering and it sort of goes in different tangents, but it always keeps your attention. Crazy Heart is a movie that tries to do that and loses me because I'm just not interested in the subject is it matter. Depression porn as well. A little bit, yeah. It's a little but bit. I don't want to spoil. I kind of don't want to spoil in case. Yeah, Andrew, have you seen this movie? Mm-mm. So I will not talk about the end, but I will say it's one of my favorite endings in a movie. And uh, the other thing I want to say, there's a nice setup about Christian Bale's character, and he fucking pays it off in the yes. end. Yes. Oh my god, I was waiting because right? I was like, everybody's bringing up. I won't. We won't say it. Everybody's bringing up this thing, this aspect of Christian Bale's past. Where is it? I'm not seeing this. And when it finally comes out, man, it is like. My fucking jaw was on the floor. Um, <laughs> it's a brutal movie, and I, I say that lovingly. I, I was in the right headspace for it. Um, this is definitely it's not a movie that you're going to sit down with your wife or girlfriend and be like, hey, let's watch Hostiles. Like, Jess had a headache and went <laughs> to sleep, and I was like, this is my chance. I'm going to watch a really brutal, unflinching movie, and I'm glad I did. Uh, beautifully shot. It has this amazing naturalistic yeah. cinematography. Like there are scenes where it's not Hollywood. Like when it's dark out, you can't see shit because it's fucking dark. There's no street lights or whatever. It's 1800s or whatever. Um, so you get like a slight bit of a sliver. It, there's these beautiful scenes when it's raining at night, uh, especially when it has to do with um, a certain prisoner against a tree. Yeah. Oh, great cameos in this movie. Oh, it's got a loaded fucking cast, including some... I would did not expect Timothy Chalamet randomly is yeah. in it. Um, Jonathan <laughs> like Majors. Foster, is it Ben Foster, right? Ben Foster's in it. Jonathan Majors, who uh, played Kang the Conqueror in Loki, as well as uh, he's in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Really cool actor. He's randomly in it. Did not expect to see him. Rory Cochran from Days and Confused is in it. He plays the sergeant with the big beard. Um, and Rosamund Pike, man, Jesus Christ, I felt so bad for her character. Really, oh, really she good gets movie. Put through the ringer. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty great. And Stephen Lang, the blind man, shows up in it. <laughs> he's the uh, he's the guy who sends. Uh, Christian Bale. I think you mean Sony Man. I'm pretty Sony sure Man. Sony Man. Sony Man. <laughs> what if just like I... there's a post-credit scene where he just gets a load in the face, <laughs> ah! where he's like, "I made an invention," and, then... and it's like the a rudimentary turkey baster. It's like the first one of its kind, <laughs> but he does it backwards and he, he does it backwards. In the face. <laughs> and then very much like a uh, much like a, a Sony device, he says, "Now loading," as he's uh, squeezing <laughs> the turkey <laughs> It fades <laughs> out. Oh, okay. So I'm oh, the bad wait, oh, actually, I'm the bad You guy. guys are literally and, no, and, Andrew, Andrew. Load in the face, man. <laughs> Andrew had a good one. What did you say? You told oh, me. Um, remember? Tell, oh tell Matt, what, please. What, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was. Um, was did you text oh, it to oh, me? No, I, I, I remember. Yeah. You, you said it was load in the face, man. Ghost protocol. And I said you missed a prime opportunity to call it load in the face, man. Ghost load protocol. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was pretty psyched when Hostels ended and it said Sony Man will return. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yeah, Sony Man, yeah!" <laughs> um, yeah. So Hostiles again. It's on Hulu, man. I, I shit, I shat talked Hulu uh, at the beginning of this show way back yonder, Mark. We're coming up on a year soon. Watch out. Um, oh shit. Really? I shat talked Hulu because it was in rough shape, and now I'm eating crow because Hulu has got amazing shows and a deep, deep, deep bench of movies, 
Um, if you have not checked out Hulu or you've let your subscription lapse, now's a good time to pick it back up. So you got a wealth of content there waiting for you. They got some good shit. Um, and I got one more for my wrecked. Uh, this comes from a listener or listeners, uh, Rob and his wife, Sam. Uh, his wife, Sam, I believe, is a fan of John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Oh, yeah, that's a great fucking movie. Mark, would you believe I had never seen this movie before? That's why I, when you sent me that text, I was shocked because never I seen know it. you're a big John Carpenter John fan. Carpenter's – I love John Carpenter. But just like you're To be really honest, stuck. Prince of Darkness is probably one of those movies that slips every John Carpenter's fan. It's yes. Like, they're more in, into like, you know, it's like – what was it Assault on Precinct 13? Everyone's seen that. Everyone's seen like the escape movies. Oh, yeah. And there's like another one of his where the, like everyone's seen They Live, but Prince of Darkness, and there's another one that he did, and they're both like very underrated, and most Carpenter fans that I know haven't seen them, so you, you kind of get a, a pass for that. Cause yeah. I was, I was reminded of you and your Ridley Scott. Like you had seen all these Ridleys, but somehow yeah. you had missed these four movies. And I was even like, wow, I can't believe you haven't seen these four movies. That was yeah, me. me too. <laughs> this was my one John Carpenter blind spot. I hadn't seen uh, Prince of Darkness. It's the second in his uh, uh, self-titled uh, Apocalypse trilogy, which starts with The Thing, then Prince of Darkness, and it concludes with In the Mouth of Madness, which is one of my favorite Oh, my God. That was – Matt introduced me. Sorry about the balls. Sorry about the balls. <laughs> but you introduced me to In the Mouth of Madness, and there's something really cool about it where they have a jump scare – but it's immediately followed by another one right yes. after that, and it scares the shit out of you. The by the way, Prince of scare. Darkness, such a cool story, right? What did you think of that? Amazing. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I thought that um, the story itself, if you just talk about it, is kind of silly. But in the movie, the dread is palpable. Yes. Um, basically, this movie, I've heard Joe Bob Briggs, who is one of my favorite human beings of all time, describe this movie as being about a giant can of Satan. Uh, it's basically a cylinder of green goo that is discovered under the in the basement of a church in Los Angeles that uh, has this evil property about it. And so Donald Plaisance, who's uh, funny enough, his priest character's name not, never revealed on screen, but in the credits is revealed as Father Loomis <laughs> for Halloween fans. Um, he joins forces with fucking James Wong from Big Trouble in Little China and Dennis Dunn from Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, who are physicists, uh, they get their class of physicists to come to the church, and at first you think, oh, they're going to like have some kind of a debate about science and faith, and there is a little bit of that. But That'd it's be funny also, if that was the whole movie. <laughs> the whole movie is them uh, coming together to help figure out what to do about the green goo in the basement, and eventually the green goo starts to possess people. And I'm leaving out the coolest part. Alice fucking Cooper is in this movie. And Alice Cooper is terrifying in the movie he plays an unnamed schizophrenic homeless man who did you notice this mark all the other there are a lot of homeless extras in the movie and the homeless oh, yeah. uh, in the movie are sort of like attracted to the evil presence of satan and so they people are evil no, they crowd <laughs> around the church they don't want to let anybody leave and if you try to leave the church they kill you but all the other homeless people look normal alice cooper is painted like white like he's subtly like Big white. Daddy Mars. Yes, but he's like, got like white grease paint on. It's very subtle, but there's something really off-putting. Like the effect is really off-putting. So when he first appears, it's a really creepy reveal um, because you're looking at the homeless people at the end of a really long shot down an alley, and you don't even see that there's a dumpster in the foreground. 
and Alice Cooper comes out from behind it. And that sounds really silly, but it's it's scary in that Winky's David Lynch Mulholland Drive kind yes. of way. This movie's loaded with creepy imagery, especially these dreams that all, all the people have, which is like this figure in a church making this announcement. It's a, this announcement apparently has been sampled and dubbed by like DJ Shadow. Um, uh, you've heard this. Uh, it's like, this is the year 1999. You've heard, you've heard this before. Uh, actually, I wonder if I should just play the yeah, audio you for you. It? I don't remember that at all. Shit. It's really, really fucking creepy. Um, it's it, they call it the tachyon vision, um, and it's that sounds dope. That sounds here, like the name of a band. Actually. So I want to go ahead and I'll share my screen for you guys. This is really creepy um, because all of the physicists who are helping to uh, disseminate the green devil goo, they all start having the green same dream. And Donald Plaisance explains to them that all the priests who had formerly stayed there in the church were all having this same exact dream, and it looked like this. Like I'm watching a found footage film. It sounds so creepy. Yeah. It's so creepy. God, it's just, I love that. It's just this shadowy figure inside a church, and the camera's moving. And I, I read online that John Carpenter shot this on VHS, then put it onto tape, put the tape in a VCR, and shot on film off the TV so it looks super grainy. Oh, that's, that's what cool. makes it feel so removed from reality. Yeah. Uh, this movie is loaded with this creepy, creepy, creepy visual art. There are moments that reminded me of In the Mouth of Madness, but also Begotten, which is another really freaky piece of, of, of visual art uh, made by Elias Merhige. Um, really creepy movie. Lots of amazing effects, practical effects. It's John Carpenter. It doesn't all work, but I loved it. Uh, I had a great time with it, especially as uh, finally seeing this lost Carpenter film for me was really exciting. I rented it on Amazon. I highly recommend Prince of Darkness. By the way, was it um, was it in 4K? Yes. My copy was in look? 4K. God, that must have, that's such a great way to see it, actually. It looked amazing. It looked so cool. good that I immediately went to Shout Factory afterwards and ordered the 4K disc to add to my collection. Damn. Oh, so you would rewatch this movie again. I'm planning on rewatching the nice. Apocalypse trilogy. I'm going to watch The Thing, then uh, Prince of Darkness, then In the Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness is one of my like theater bucket lists. I yes. Know, oh you know? my God. I feel like such a, a fucking dipshit because when the Alamo, when we were still in New York and and going to the Alamo pretty frequently, there was a late night what? showing of Prince of Darkness and we missed oh, it. Fuck. Could you imagine that being that being my first time seeing the movie to see it yeah, on a big would screen? Been amazing. Would have been incredible. Wait, were there a lot of insect effects in that movie? Because I had seen a it lot. Ago, right? There's it a lot of uh, worms on the windows. Yeah. There's a bit with beetles. There's a bit with a guy standing outside. There's this horrible vision where they say, "Hey, it's their friend." They're like, "Wade, what, what are you doing out there?" And he's like, "I have a message for you." And you, it's just the way it's shot. It's so creepy and effective. He starts to fall away because he's not a person. He's made of bugs. It's really and it disturbing. Looks great, right? 
It looks phenomenal. Dude, every bit of physical effects, even the opticals in this movie look great. Like the green goo. It's so yeah. simple the way they achieved it by just like rotating the camera perspective so that it looks like it's dripping upwards. Like it's it's really clever, simple tricks uh, to sell the illusion. I loved it, man. Uh, that really, movie really freaky. Will definitely age a lot better than Shang-Chi. <laughs> that's the problem with, that's the funny thing it's like no but if you think about it like all these CG movies like CG just gets dated after a while because your brain starts to recognize that the computer system at that time could not replicate the way light bounced off of a certain surface or it wasn't green screen properly but these old movies that are like done with optics and, and physical effects you rewatch them many years later and it's just like oh cool this looks fantastic it looks incredible yeah yeah, um, that's why I was so impressed last week with the Starship Troopers 4K because it retained oh enough God. of the film green to sell the illusion, to blend the difference between physical and digital. Yeah. So you don't call too much attention to the CG. So it looks Plus, really good. Was building those puppets did a phenomenal job. Yeah. That shit looks great. I can't wait to, to bust out uh, Prince of Darkness 4K disc. I think it's going to be awesome. So, okay, so I've taken up enough of the get wreck time. Uh, Mark, did you have any get wrecks? Well, going back to what you were saying about Hulu and they have, like, a lot of good programming, I just I, just, like, I was, I just wanted to see a comedy. So I saw – and I'm a big fan of John Cena, and I've watched his other, like, comedy movies. Was that the one where he's in the firehouse? I want, that was the last comedy I watched with him, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just stupid fun. And so I watched Vacation Friends, and I, it's a bit generic – and like, but it's a super fun, entertaining movie, and I laughed a lot. So if you're looking for something on the lighter side, and you just want to laugh and turn your brain off and just eat snacks, I recommend Vacation Friends. Apparently, it was very, uh, it did well in the service mark because they greenlit a sequel. Really? Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> I believe it's going to be called Honeymoon Friends. Wow. It's That's... if you like those movies where there's a character that introduces chaos into another character's life. This movie is is perfect. How is Cena in it? He's great. He can. There are some scenes where it's like this motherfucker can act, and I thought the same way in Suicide Squad. He has these moments where he can do subtle things with his face, and you're yeah. like, "Holy shit, this motherfucker can act!" The like in, a, in like about, a not uh, an over the top way. Like he can do the over the top comedy thing, but he can also handle the serious stuff really well. And of course, Lil Rel is always awesome. I fucking love that guy. He's oh, good. I'm glad he was funny in it. Yeah, he's super fun. They they have great chemistry together. So pro, pro I don't know. Oh, sorry, Andrew. Do do really well with with transitioning from pro wrestling into acting because they act all day every day. Like that's part <laughs> of it. They, they actually they actually have promo classes and stuff like that that they have to take, and so like they, they and they have to come up with stuff off the, on the fly a lot of the times. Like like The Rock or John Cena. Oftentimes, the best people are at at uh, transitioning into being movie actors are people like them that are just really witty and snarky right off the cuff. So they're like a lot of the times they ask them like, "Oh, well, we didn't know that you could act." And he's like, "I do this all the time. I do this like every day." It's like I've done years about. of improv. Yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it is. So, um, but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just I, it popped into my head because I saw an interview of that recently. So. Oh yeah, no! I had, I'm, I'm. I think that's I, that's your rest. aside from that. I've been watching a lot of motorcycle restoration videos on YouTube because I can throw them on and I can look away from them from time to time. So 
if you want to relax, watching people restore old shit is a great way to like to there's chill. A, there's a couple of YouTube videos, like channels that I watch, that they restore like old toys that were like made out of yeah. metal. Oh, I love yeah. that! Like, wait, wait, wait what, what are they called? I will watch like, the okay. shit out of that. I will. Um, oh my Please, God, yeah, message me. I'll, I'll yeah, watch I'll for you sure. That because one of them. That sounds like, great. Like, this guy, like, he took like a like a, one of those old metal fire trucks, for example. That like the kids would ride it's like a little like wheelie fire truck thing and uh it's so rusted out it's so beaten up and everything and he just in an asmr way takes the whole thing apart sands it down i love this it's like sandblasts it and everything and then he powder coats it and then he gets to watch the powder coating turn into that shot like that shiny solid color and then he reassembles everything with new bits and pieces oh, yeah i love so when beautiful. they replace like the, the little plastic windows yeah and like they, they like uh, they sand it down, and then they 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 restore that like it kind of looks like muddy. Yeah. And they they That's make it look great. crystal clear. It's crazy. Yeah. What's it's up? crazy how I've, uh, I actually saw a video where a guy built an electric bike from scratch, and I'm not talking about like some crappy little one. This thing looked like a production bike, and he built it from scratch. And there's like like Andrew said with some of these videos, there's like. There's no you don't hear him talking you just see that you just hear the sounds of the tools and that's it and it's it's that's so great. it's so crazy relaxing yeah stuff. yeah so I actually have a couple of different get wrecks if you don't mind Ooh. no please please because the YouTube thing transitions great uh, so something I will recommend even if you have very little interest in uh, because I remember you guys had mentioned the movie Slenderman in the past on this show. Uh, which is awful. It's an awful film. Uh, so don't recommend that. But there was an original series that not a lot of people knew about that actually was pretty much the apex or the genesis of the whole Slenderman thing called Marble Hornets, the series, kind of like a found footage series of mini videos on YouTube. And oh, wow. it is far better than anything that like they have produced related to these kind of creepypasta character movies or whatever like slender man and anything it it's just like they it's a kid with a video camera and they have very subtle allusions to something called some character called the operator following him around and he has no he's working on a student film called marble hornets and he's going to different filming locations and all of a sudden the operator just starts appearing in the background and he doesn't notice it until after he rewatches what footage he films and, and then he keeps pointing it out in the next video and then the operator appears in that video and it's just it keeps like spiraling Whoa. out of there's a ton of episodes for it but it's fascinating to watch to see the origins of that if you ever want to see the the origins of like these creepy character uh uh, uh i guess memes nowadays i don't know what else you would call them the creepy pasta characters uh <laughs> so that's one of them that and that's called Marble Hornets, and it's on Marble YouTube. Marble Hornets, it's on YouTube. So, to, and and some of them are very. Most of them, I think, they're like less than ten minutes. I think wow. the longest ones like like ten minutes long or something. But there's a ton a ton of episodes. But the first few are like what you're, you're what you're looking at if you want to see the origin stuff. Is it like Blair Witch um, style? Kind, pretty much. Okay, yeah, it's kind of like it. yeah, it's like very like basic minimalistic. But sometimes those are the best things. Sometimes those are like. The, the minimal budget, yeah. like think about the original Paranormal Activity, where it was made on like a shoestring budget, and yet it had such cool ways of depicting this particular genre of scary movie 
that people wanted to go see it and it just ended up being like groundbreaking so you know don't let the fact that there's no but no budget for this this damn thing that not like dissuade <laughs> you from from taking a peek at it uh then continuing with some a, a bit of a a I'll go with depressing streak, I, I suppose. <laughs> I saw just recently, uh, did you guys ever see The Platform? Yes. The, the French Was film? Was it good? No, I haven't seen it. I want, it's, in my, it's in my watch list. It's, it, so I'm a sucker for, and I know that, Mark, you are not a sucker for these kinds of films, but I'm a sucker for single location films. Not all the time, but uh, like sometimes like this, this well some movie... of them are good like cube is is one that i don't mind as right a, it's like as long location. as it's done it's, as long as it's done well like it's yeah it, they, they get creative with the environment and the shots that they do i find it fascinating to get an engaging story and engaging characters that will keep you satisfied while you're still in one spot for two hours you know but the platform uh, i mean i don't know what you thought about it matt but i thought it was interesting if, if anything, it's an intriguing look at – I mean, it's definitely on-the-nose societal uh, critique, but it is definitely a fascinating depiction of things and, and fascinatingly acted, I, I would say. It's just a – it's an odd film, and I just recommend everyone take a peek at it just because I, – I watched it with my mom, and my mom loves horror movies, and she at, initially was kind of just eh. – you know, at first, but then as she's watching it, she's like, "Oh, it gets brutal." Super, yeah, it gets like, like re- you could get really invested yeah. in it because it gets really brutal. It is, it point. is very much like an allegory, but I, I wouldn't let that scare you away. Um, it's got some great imagery. The world is really well realized. My only problem with it was, um, the big thing that it's leading up to almost feels like kind of a what like i was scratching my head with the very ending resolution for a character and wondering like really that's where this was headed that's where this whole this whole um statement you were making was headed to this and i don't think that that landed but everything that came before it um was really well realized and it was a shocking movie um just because it it's one of these movies where and I, i i think kind of similar to snowpiercer uh, throughout the movie, I was always putting myself in with the characters. I was like, God, what would I, what would I do here? You know, and I really just thinking about it and like being interacting with the movie that way. Um, so I definitely think it's worth a watch. That's a, that's a good one for sure. Platform. Yeah. I, so that's, that's, a, that's another recommendation. I, I got two more. Sorry. I know. I, these no, go for it, please. It. But I've, it's been a while since it's been on the show. Guys. <laughs> He's got a lot <laughs> of business to cover. Let me get it all out of me. All right. Uh, third one is, I don't know if you guys have seen Terrifier. Have you guys seen Terrifier? Oh, yes. I, I, oh I was seen it. I was there for the premiere. Like it's I, very first premiere. I was there and the entire cast was there and crew. Yeah. And they were like, this is the first movie where someone gets split down the middle. And I was like, did you not see Bone Tomahawk? <laughs> Oops, I hard. You may want to cut that out. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to, you know what? I will um, bleep that. But you get it. No, thank you. Canceled. Mark, you've gotten 80 cancels in this episode. I will say that it is it is a, it is a more of a rare uh, mainstream thing to have happen. Somebody getting sawn in half. But I actually know David, the the guy who actually plays the clown. Uh, right? Oh, the Art clown. the clown. Art the clown. Yeah, I I know him, and it's it's just kind of a weird, surreal thing to see the popularity it's suddenly gotten. 
Because... There's a second one coming out, Andrew. Yes. They, they're yeah, making oh, a I, I'm well aware on that one. That's it's why like, I'm in it. I get cut. <laughs> Andrew, yeah, yeah, are you in Terrifier 2? To the throat. That, uh, that'd be kind of funny if they had, like, the part two. It's, like, actually a person's body. <laughs> <laughs> that would be genius, actually, Andrew. Damn. Um, but that, yeah, I just... I just saw that recently he's been making some rounds at the at cons because he's trying to start promotion up for Terrifier 2 and cons are starting to gradually come back. And so he was as as art in a couple of different cons recently. And uh, I just was thinking to myself, like, man, I totally love to shout it out because damn, if art ain't creepy, regardless of like any of the horrible, brutal violence, it's arts just like a. If you don't like clowns, this is not the movie to entice you to like clowns. His character design is really effective. Yes. It's like just off-putting, just very, yes. uh, like, just, just, just like, I don't feel comfortable around him. And his character, <laughs> that character has really caught on. Like, now he's gotten uh, comics and stuff, right? Isn't there yeah. an Art the Clown comic yep, that's happening like, somewhere? It's caught like on awesome big. Art and everything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, yeah. it's Kind of amazing. So if you haven't caught on to the the Terrifier craze yet, then uh, hop on board. Um, and then the la- uh, last one, getting it out, the last one we got for you is, uh, I don't know if I brought this up before, but have either of you seen the movie Klaus? Klaus. Klaus, Klaus. no. That sounds familiar, it is, actually. It is an animated film on Netflix. Right is now. this about the Santa Claus? Uh... It is it's about the Santa Claus uh, origin story, essentially. But it's spelled Klaus with a K instead of a C. And I believe that it has, um, oh my God, what is his name? J. Jonah Jameson. What's his name? Popped into my head. Oh, you're talking about uh, J.K. Simmons. Uh, yes, J.K. Simmons, I believe. Give me pictures of Spider-Man, damn it. Of, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he is the voice of Klaus in this movie. It is, to me, an instant classic. I watched really? that movie. I loved it. I, wow. I had no, I had zero expectations for it because it's a Netflix animated film, but it's all actually 2D animated. It is hand animated. Oh, wow. And it's just, it, it's a feel good, really fun, engaging. Like, it, it reminds me of like old, those old Disney movies that would just, you'd watch over and over and over again because it was just an, like it. Oh, it's like the DuckTales movie where you you watch it till the tape wears out? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's, wow. it, that, that's it. Uh, I, Netflix I, has some great animation, by the way, like Mitchell versus the Machines. Mitchell's. I want to see even... that new one, Vivo, I've heard is really good. Oh, Vivo. yeah, I've heard that was very good one, good as well. I haven't, I haven't and, seen uh, that. Just because but... you brought him up. Who is Spider-Man? He's a criminal, that's who he is. <laughs> a vigilante, a public menace. What's he doing on my front page? Mr. Jameson, is a page six problem. We have a page one problem. Shut up. Is there a really important <laughs> point? They can't wait. They're about to. Mr. Jameson, it's like this. We double book page six. See, so both Macy's and Conaway's both have three quarters of the same. We sold out four printings. Sold out? Every copy. Tomorrow morning, Spider-Man, page one, with a decent picture this time. Move Conway to page seven. There's a problem with page seven. I make it page eight and give him 10% off. Okay. I make it 5%. That can't be done. Get out of here! <laughs> don't have a decent picture. Eddie's been on it for weeks. We can barely get a glimpse of him. Oh, what, is he shy? If we can get a picture of Julia Roberts in a thong, we can certainly get a picture of this weirdo. Put an ad on the front page. Cash money for a picture of Spider-Man. He doesn't want to be famous, and I'll make him infamous. 
What a fucking guy. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson himself. God, what an awesome actor. Jeez. Jesus Christ. He's also in uh, a movie I randomly watched uh, the other night called The Gift, which is another Sam Raimi movie, which is uh, oh, a great movie. I've never seen that one. It's on Hulu. Shit. Is it, it's but good. I, it we is are good. Not we are not uh, sponsored by any of the streaming services. We just keep talking yeah. them up. This is well, a Hulu this episode. fucking episode, I'm not like getting Hulu. sponsored by anyone. <laughs> Except for maybe Trump. I'm just gonna say, like, I'm just gonna say, even the even Mark's fellow Asians are gonna disown him after yeah, this I know, episode. My family already disowned me, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's because it, that, that's because you didn't say hello to your mom the one time we walked into the house. Right when we walked into the house. <laughs> this, uh, only a few people will This might be a good show. opportunity now, since Mark is walking on this ledge, <laughs> for Mark to ask Andrew his question. So let's oh, move okay, to Instagram cool. questions. Uh, and as we Shit, always do when, when we record, um, we ask you on Instagram, hey, you can give us recommendations. And a lot of people wrote in, by the way. They said, only murders in the building. We got two only murders in the building. So we're already there, guys. Um Thank you for bringing that up. But Mark was one of the people that added a question on our Instagram at the Matt Mark movie show. Uh, and since Mark can't remember it, I'm going to read this, but I am reading Mark's words. This is the context. This, this is bad. from like Mark. You this up. I like how this Andrew. massive disclaimer is just all like, <laughs> Mark fucking just, said this. I just Mark, like said Mark was the one that fully typed out the Mark words said that this. I'm about to utter. <laughs> Mark wants to know, Andrew, since you cosplay, would you ever cosplay as an Asian man? <laughs> this I is Mark's ever, question. Would I ever cosplay as an Asian man? I would say no, mostly because that's a hot button issue. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I would, I would definitely There's a follow-up no. question, by the way. Oh, Jesus. The follow-up question man. is, would you cross-dress as a Caucasian man? Oh, ouch. Ouch, just because I have the long, flowing locks. That's Mark asking Andrew. <laughs> I'm an ass. Well, Mark, I'm the real it. ass bot here. Are you going to cosplay as Shinsuke Nakamura? Because you got the hairstyle. As, uh, Shinsuke oh, that'd be Nakamura. fucking dope. Oh, man. You got, have you, do you know who Shinsuke Nakamura is? No. I'm just you take a look he's at an him. Asian guy with a cool haircut. He's a, he's a, he's a professional wrestler, but he's... Uh, um, he's, Wait, hasn't I, he I like, been around forever, actually? Yeah, he's been around for a very long time. He was in New Japan for a while. Now he's in WWE. But, uh, yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura... King of strong style. So I'm gonna pull him up for you here, Mark. Shinsuke Nakamura. This is what he looks like. Definitely a lot handsomer and more muscular than I am. Nakamura. Dude, he's got the crazy like boot cut pants too. Oh yeah, this is a good look for you, Mark. I could actually see you wearing this. This red and black number here. Oh my God! You've been talking about getting a motorcycle. Can you please make this a motorcycle? Mark, that would be amazing. Holy shit! Like this is Mark having a good time on Saturday night. <laughs> oh my God! Wow, what's Harley the Quinn fuck? outfit? Yeah, he's yeah, uh, he's, he's got some crazy. Oh, look, he's an American in that other one. His theme music they, is the dope Americans too. got him. Like, yeah, they well, he's got the he was the United States champion for a while. Um, he's now the Intercontinental champion, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he was very very well known in New Japan for a long time, but uh, yeah, it was. It was interesting because he just had short hair for a long time, and then he grew it out, and then shaved all the sides. So now he has this like super. I wonder if it's a beautiful look. 
I wonder I if I get in trouble for playing this music. Age. I'll play it briefly. This is uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance theme. Wait, you're Mark. allowed to play like what? Five seconds? Yeah. <laughs> I think Here it's we go. Six seconds. All right, and stop. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Mark. That's your entrance theme. <laughs> Wait, that you, is our, our legally our legal limit. Hey, can can I pick another, another section of the song and play say, six seconds play of that? No, we okay. have to wait till the next episode. There you go, Mark. There you go. <laughs> this doesn't this that, that sounds like something that Yanni would put on, and it would be on like the the you know, some Greek coastal uh, arena. And Yanni would be blasting this fucking music. It's just like a mishmash of every culture. Because that I, guy I, like I, stealing other people's cultures. Asshole. Do you guys remember there was like a, a an infomercial a long time ago of like they were soothing melodies. I can't remember what they were called. But you're talking like, about like <laughs> what the hell is it called? Pure moods. Um, pure moods. That's pure it. You're talking about pure moods. <laughs> Wait, can 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 you pull that up, Matt? Are you allowed to pull that up? Um, I can play the commercial, I bet. Alright, here we go, boys. Yes. Pure moods. I, I love this. The commercial. It's a commercial. I think I'm allowed to do that. Wow, look at how old these look now. Imagine a world where time drifts slowly. Wow. A world where music carries you away. Experience pure moods. Well, that's how that music video looks. way of life. Oh, this one I remember. Oh, I fucking get down to that chant shit. I love. Is it. this the one where you had to pay like five installments of? No, that's Columbia House. That's oh. Columbia House. <laughs> I I heard that commercial so much when I was a kid. Holy hell! Oh my god! That I was pure moods, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I, I, does I, really does anybody know someone that actually bought it? I. <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. You know what? I think we all have that commercial ingrained in our heads, and no one knew anyone that actually had the CD. Yeah. <laughs> if you had the CD or your parents had the Pure Mood CD, please write in and let us know. Send us a photo. We've got a pop socket for you. <laughs> um, so someone has it button right 12, next to their free AOL 12 disc. albums released by Virgin Records. Holy hell, they have... What? What, was a compilation of all the shittiest music of that time? I guess so. Like, they had a, oh. Oh, they had a whole series of them. Like, you like garbage? For five oh. installments of three ninety nine, you can get uh, every shitty mu that, music that on the globe. Then it was picked up by now, that's what I call music. They just, <laughs> they just started... <laughs> now that's what I call things. kids, Bob. Oh, God. No, <laughs> um, God, no. I think that brings us to the end. Uh, thank you. All of... Uh, all the uh, Instagram questions are kind of, I mean, they were all basically recommendations for shit we've already talked about. We talked about Marvel. We talked about Shang-Chi. Thank you once again if you wrote in uh, at the Matt and Mark Movie Show on Instagram. Guys, I think that's it. I want to thank Andrew for joining us for another epic appearance on this show. Andrew, tell the people where they can find you um, and how they can stay in touch with you. Sure thing. If you ever want to touch base with me on Instagram, I'm Mr. Suspicious. Just all spelled out. No M-R, M-I-S-T-E-R. Same thing on Twitch. And uh, if you ever want to check out on YouTube as well, you can look for Not Your Story. And you can find some 
fun movie reviews that I have done with my counterpart, Mrs. Rogers. And uh, yeah, we have a real good time with that. But most of the time, if you ever want to see me be a goofy, goofy asshole, uh, find me on Instagram or Twitch. Go to Twitch uh, with Andrew's live and type in um, Dedicated Wham. And Yub Nub. And let him know. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. You know what? Fucking. You guys go. And you yub nub it up on Andrew's Twitch. <laughs> you go, he's gonna, every every few days or so, he's on Twitch live. You yub nub and represent this you show proudly. <laughs> I'll, I, I'll give you a sub. I'll give you a sub if you yub Hey, there you go. You sub, heard it here. Sub for, sub for yub nub. That's what you call it. Oh, perfect. Brilliant. Sub for yub nub. I'm not made of money. I'm not made of money. You heard it here first, first, folks. If you go to Andrew's Twitch stream live and you type Yubnub, he will gift you a sub. TBD, if too many people do it, he might he might pump the brakes. You forget, we were feed dump, we charted, so there might be a lot of people coming to your Twitch stream. I no longer Twitch stream because of Your goddamn show ruined my Twitch stream. It ruined uh, my financial situation. I want to just listen to Pure Moods and relax now. And I can't even get the CD because it's too expensive on eBay. <laughs>